Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. It is, we're on our fourth day of rain for the whole year. <laughs> the whole year? Yeah, it's been a, a topic of conversation. Oh, okay. Among people like, I think it's going to rain today and I'm going to cancel my life. No yeah, one, no, I can't do anything. No one's going out. I can't I can't do anything when it rains. Yeah. Um, that kind of feels good though. Yeah. Um, was, we have sunny earlier, and then we, that, if, if, it were, if it rained like that all the time, it would be great. It's look, sunny most of the day, rains for one hour, and then it's clear again. I would like it to be, I, I, my doctor had to cut some stuff on my face again. And again? So, it wasn't just to test it. It was fine. Right. But uh, again, the sun and me could not be more diametrically opposed to each other at this point. Yeah. It's just like, we're, uh, he hates me. He's trying to kill me. Yeah. And I can't protect myself. <laughs> I'm the opposite in that I get sad if there's not sun. If I'm not in the sun, I'm just like, I get honestly depressed. I'm not sure white people were meant to be a thing. Meant to be a thing. Not on Earth. Maybe on a different planet, yeah. farther from the sun. It doesn't, I'm not sure that we were meant to be a thing. Maybe that's why they live in just like cold places and they build yeah. giant, like when they were like, let's go to Europe, I guess, and just build huge castles and live in those. Cause yeah, like, have you heard about a bunch of Irish people moving to the Middle East you'd be like what the fuck is wrong yeah, with that they're like oh they're on a suicide march yeah <laughs> they're going to just catch fire there and die yeah <laughs> this is their goal speaking of uh, fire yeah art episode uh, art fire <laughs> <laughs> wait that sounds bad art no, no. fire it's like no we're not we're not burning no. burning books and hot art yeah um yeah this episode uh I've been trying to get him on the podcast for a while he's a busy dude is artist and designer uh Jeff McFetridge you have already seen his work. You may not know it. Yeah. But you have 100% seen his work. He's done a lot of uh, uh, film titles. He also is a fine artist. Uh, he just He's done tons of stuff. And I've always been a big fan of his work. If you Google his name, you can find tons of his work to look at. You will, all, you will like it. I guarantee it. Jeff spelled the uh, unconventional way. G-E-O-F-F. G-E-O-F-F. McFetridge. M-C-F-E-T-R-I-D-G-E. Yeah, and uh, we talk about his career and how he got started and how he kind of moved into doing what he does. He's one of the rare artists that gets to most of the time kind of do his own thing, and at this point, people come to him to do that, and you yeah. know, it's not a lot of people that get to do that, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's, like, what's inspiring about a guy like that, we talked about it the intro to Sarah's episode, too, because we recorded him in the same week, but like... People like that are that just kind of they're like this is my long term goal and I'm going to get there and do it how I want to do it yeah and then work for myself and do things on my own time and the way I want to do them. and he's like a great example of that like I mean his, yeah he's just been kind of I think he works incredibly hard and he's just been rad the entire time and people yeah. are like we need something rad go to that guy it's so cool like his career is so impressive in that sense that from a young age he's just like this, these are the things I like and this is what I want to do and I'm kind of not gonna. Yeah, compromise too much and like just or just keep doing things the way I'm I want to do them and then I will always work like he said that in the episode he's like I know I'm always going to work and you're like that's a level of like self-confidence that not a lot of people have you know yeah. where they go I know what I'm doing I can always work it might not always be the jobs I want but I can still work in that field and then on my own time do what I want and then eventually that will become work yeah and then it did for 20 years now. More, Probably, yeah, more? at least. Yeah. At least. It's, it's incredible. It's hard to tell how old he is, too. He's like, he, looks, he looks young. Yeah. And he's got that, like, he's still, like, excited about work. So you're not like, 
That's a guy who's ready to retire. He's just like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, very nice, very nice guy. Talks about his his uh, beginnings in Canada, where he went to school, and then we talk about like certain projects and mostly how he comes at things. So this is not an episode where we just list all the stuff he's done because you can just do that when you go on Google. So yes. why, why do we want a verbal Google yeah. <laughs> search result thing? So it was a lot of... Um, uh, him talking about where how he approaches things and why he does the things he does and like his um, where his like desire and his passion to do all, all that stuff. Yeah, he has stuff. an interesting perspective on just creativity in general. Yeah, for so. sure. And some of it you're just like that is that's what a crazy person does. You know what I mean? But in, in like a, a like a like crazy artist producing awesome things way. Yeah. Like when he talked about the circle that he had to keep. Yeah. Redraw. You're just like. That's what a crazy person does. And yeah. then you go, that's the amazing art a crazy person creates. It's fucking so cool. I yeah. love listening to people like that talk because on the surface you go, that's insane. But you're like, and not insane like being a straitjacket, but you're like insane creative. No, hearing about people's yeah. process, I, I love because you always want to hear, every once in a while you hear that someone does the same thing as you, you're like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm on the right track. Yeah, I love it. When I just yeah. like, when I, whenever I see or hear that, you watch a documentary about something, you go, this person's nuts and you go fuck yeah because you know cool shit's coming out of it yeah um but yeah it's led him to do some fucking cool shit i love the um the work he did on the movie her that was very cool uh the subway installations he talks about later in the episode so you'll you'll hear about that and like just and and built like the warby parker building in santa monica i I went by that a few days after we recorded and i just i stopped and looked at it a little longer after like Talking to the guy that did it, and it, yeah. looked, it just looked even cooler. But. Yeah, he did the titles for Virgin Suicides, where yeah. the wild things are. So, um, yeah. yeah, he does cool stuff. Yeah, awesome stuff. If you if you're an artist in any way and want to be inspired, this is we've done a few of those episodes, but this definitely counts as as one of them. Where you're like, I'm gonna go make something now. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jeff McFetridge. Um, but yeah, we hope you like this one. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, and uh, I think that is it. Oh, yeah. I have a tentative release date for my album. Snap. Uh, yeah. I know. It's been a while. I forgot I recorded one. No. Um, yeah. Sometimes it takes time. Uh, May 20th is what we're looking at right now. So there'll be pre-sales and all that stuff uh, coming. And vinyl, for those of you vinyl people, that's not for months after. So don't even ask because it's just that's what vinyl production is like right now, uh, which is a good thing. That means a lot of people are buying records, but... Um, that'll come when it comes, but it is coming. There will it will be on vinyl, so look forward to that. And um, so yeah, stay tuned. And uh, June first through fifth, Portland, Oregon. If you guys live out there, I'm going to be up there uh, doing the Bridgetown Comedy Festival uh, that whole week. I'm really looking forward to that. Hit me up with any new cool food or coffee places that I might not know. I haven't been to Portland in a little while. Uh, and then Raleigh, North Carolina, a couple weeks after that, I'll be at uh, Good Nights, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, that would be the 16th through 18th. Um, that's it for now. Uh, enjoy this episode. Uh, one of my favorites, Jeff McFett. Uh, but there's also not that many people you can talk watches with, so you'd think you'd want more than 10 minutes. I think bikes are probably the same way. Um, I find more people I can talk about bikes with than I even hear have interest in watches, I guess. No, watches is incredibly nerdy. 
Yeah. And one of my New Year's resolutions, I think in 2015, was to only talk about it if someone else brings it up. Yes. But yeah, I think I've probably broken it, but it was like, no one cares about this. Right. So don't bring it up unless someone else asks you. Then you're allowed to talk about it. But that's like, I mean, I feel like guys are into stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And every one of those things is like that. I think we need a we need a means to justify being into stuff. So you're like, oh, this one was the, you know I love a thing that was used by someone historic. Oh, great. <laughs> well, are, are you saying that guys are into stuff and it's stuff like that, meaning like kind of obscure, not a lot of people. Guys, yeah, guys have interests, and they all lead to extensive, like broing out. Yeah. Conversational, yeah. detail oriented, conversational banter about the thing. Yeah, a lot of stats. And I, I guess because I like all that stuff. Yeah. Like if there's someone who's like, um, has like a car lift in their garage. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what's up with you? Yeah. Like that's serious. Oh, yeah. You have knowledge. Yeah. About oh, yeah. something. It's like, what is it? Why is there a lift? And it's going to be like Duesenbergs. <laughs> and I don't know anything about Duesenbergs, but yeah. you're going to be like, oh, all right. Yeah. Do it. Give me a bit. Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> right. Teach where, me. Where, you know, like what? Yeah. The detail. No, I want, if I don't really, I can't really identify with people if there's not one thing they're, they're yeah. kind of at least super nerdy about. Super nerdy. And it, to me, it has to make them no money. That's to me is a real hobby. It makes you no money. It's sort of a money hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you definitely yeah. lose. I've never, I've only lost money liking wristwatches. Like I, I've never, right. I've, I've really? haven't kept them long enough. And then I've gotten sick of them and wanted a new one, so I trade it and lose a little money, and it's that dumb justification. Like, yeah, but I mean, what about, like, it's, I always, you lose a little, <laughs> but kind of money holes, and they bother, if you're a straight man, they bother your girlfriend or wife. Yes. To the point where they're like, honey, I love you. I don't, I don't want to hear, that one yes. looks the same as the other one, so I don't really want to yes. hear about it that much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I had a friend who bought, um, he kept buying surfboards. <laughs> but they, he would just buy white ones. <laughs> Why just white ones? Because then his wife wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But that's it's a good so metaphor great. for all things <laughs> that might interest yeah. me or you. Like watches. Yeah. They're all the same. I at one point two. had two that looked identical. And the oh, woman in my so life at the time funny. was like, but those two look exactly the same. Oh, and I was no. trying to justify the difference between a, a submariner and a sea dweller. And as I was doing it, I was like, "This sounds. You sound like such a moron." Yeah, I was like, "I'll sell one of them." <laughs> wow, actually, you're right. Like you're super. Yeah. This sounds name droppy, but I was doing a commercial that was directed by Christopher Guest, and he likes wristwatches, so we started talking about them, which I was thrilled. And he collects instruments, and he said at one point his wife was like, he bought a new guitar. That was like, you know, a lot. It was some, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And she go, and his wife goes, but you have a guitar. <laughs> and I was but like, you have one guitar. She's, by the way, she's absolutely right. And that's part of the anger towards a person that says, <laughs> yeah. is that they're right. But you have a guitar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's not the same. This one is. And then in the end, she's still right. Yeah. 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 But back to you, you haven't made money on watches? No. I mean, I've made money on certain watches, but if you, if you added the oh, whole... Oh, no, don't add it up. No, no, no. Overall, you've lost... But you have... Right. I have some watches had, you've made, and some are just the same. For sure, yeah. Less. For sure, yeah. But there, I've made... I've just gotten like fickle with one where I bought one, 
And then I was like, I have to wart for a year. And then I was like, oh, I want a different one. So I trade it and I get less. Like, it's enough money, not enough money to where you're like, I'm getting screwed here. But you still feel, you still lie about it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely lie about it. Yeah. It's that same way you lie when you lose money in Vegas, where you just shave off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 300 yeah. or 400. Yeah. When you right. lost 500, you tell everyone you lost three. Yeah. Right. It's like that kind of like. And then you play up how much fun you had and how that time is worth money and right, stuff. Exactly. That's what I always hear. I don't do that. I don't like Vegas or gambling, but I always hear my friends justify just spend 100. I'm like, you go spend 100. I'll find an arcade. Go <laughs> yeah, play yeah, pinball. Like $100 in pinball. That's like. That, oh, dude. That's a weekend. Yeah, yeah, that would take a long time. You're a pinball wizard at that point. Yeah, you'd have to go pro. Were you nerdy collector as a kid? Not at all. Really? No. Not even like stickers and stuff? No, I'm not like a... I, I think... A, no, I mean, I had like a box of stickers. Right. And I liked things, but I definitely wasn't... Like, I didn't know... I didn't really know what things were or... Like, I reacted to things visually, but I wasn't, like, uh, data-driven. Like, right. I wasn't like, oh, there's another one of these in this color. I'm gonna yeah, get yeah. That. You know, like, which is different. Or right. even just to have a, all of one, not even that, like, this came out in this series or this was hers, but just be like, right. I love that so much, I, I have to have all of them? Yeah, no. None yeah, of that? No, not at all. And all same as, like, records or, like, the stuff I was into, like, when you're, like, a like kid, getting mm-hmm. into things. Like if it was like record, like I had friends who were like buying, like I would listen to music, uh-huh. but I didn't, it made no difference to me if I had the record or if they like made a tape for me or something. I don't I know. Went, that's, I feel like it's a bit of a personality. I'm thing. a little similar to that in that what I realize now watching like all the kind of rehashed documentaries about skate culture in the eighties mm-hmm. is I didn't get the distinction between companies necessarily. Like I knew they were different but I didn't get that they were like kind of these odd little warring factions in a weird way. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just a bunch of pages in the magazine. Yeah. And that company had that design and that company had that design. I didn't get the like tribal scene aspect that like right. the Bones Brigade were like these nerdy kind of corporate dudes and like Santa Cruz was like in between and Alva was like mean jerks or whatever. Yeah. To me, it was just like yeah. that. I like that designer. It was fonts. It was like different fonts. Yeah. Yeah. And different yeah. color schemes. Yeah. But yeah, to me, it was just like that. It looked cool, but there was no like, I guess maybe there wasn't a way to investigate in the well, same you, way. Yeah. Well, you would, you could piece it together. Like I, I enjoyed that. Like understanding like, wait, what, what is Z boys? Yeah. <laughs> like, which was simultaneous. Like if there's like Z boys and there's Dogtown uh-huh. and then there's, you know, like the skateboard company Dogtown or Alva and then there's some other scene that's like uh, Mickey Alba or yeah. you, know, you know or Salba and that whole world and it's like that's a really and I would want it like as being distant from California growing up in Canada like I would just go through Thrasher and I'd see and I would want to piece together which is really funny because then you have CR, like Stesic who would write the like gossip pages yeah you know the, <sighs> that's the, the best the thing is the best yeah and, and it was like his way of like for me, it was like he would make write these cryptic behind the scenes. He would like prey on that. I feel like because it was indecipherable. Like unless you lived it, it was very hard to figure out. What I don't was going un- I, on. I read it now and I don't understand it necessarily. <laughs> no. And I'll text Ed and be and he won't even. He's like, I don't know, dude. And you feel kind of dumb. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. And like, why do you care? Oh, for current things that he writes. For current things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you want to know. 
Yeah, like, wait, that I, sounds like drama or like oh, no, interesting. <laughs> I'm I think of, I want to know what Costin's gonna who's Costin's gonna skate for <laughs> so know, bad. I'm 39. Like why oh, do I, I know care? That. I know that. You know? Is he yeah, gonna do his own thing? He should. Or is he gonna? I can't tell you. Fuck. You can tell me when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> is none of that public? No, I don't know yet. I haven't looked lately. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. But yeah, that's all interesting stuff. And then there was that stuff. In the, so like, if you imagine that without, although I think, I mean, that's if you can't, you still can't Google that now. But, you know, it's ungoogleable information, you know? Yeah. And, which is cool. And, uh, but yeah, back in those days. Yeah. And you were in Calgary? Yeah. So Calgary, Alberta. Right. Canada. And that's where you went to school. I went to school there as yes. Okay. As well. Yeah. With the Tracy Alberta Brett. College of Art. With Tracy Boychuk and Brett Kilroy. Exactly. What's what's it called again? The Alberta College of Art. Alberta. Okay. Um, but where you went, Alberta, I've been told by Tracy and Brett was pretty gnarly in that because when they came to America, and I think we're going to SVA after that. Brett maintains that he was more pre- just prepared than what he saw the other students around him as. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have any idea why that kind of was, you think? Well, I mean, for me, that's really interesting to hear because I don't really, first of all, I don't have much contact with people I went to school with. Right. And then I didn't think about it at the time, but like definitely, like I think of it as like, oh, I learned all these things. Like I learned all these skills that are my, my, what I like, my kind of like rap on it, my understanding of it is based on this the biggest thing I took away from it was like learning these kind of archaic because going there in the early nineties was meant like I was learning like the previous generations techniques and technology. Yeah. So like luck, like spanning. And then at the same time in my second year computers arrived, like which had loaded on them Adobe illustrator, like like programs that are like relevant today. Yeah. So like really good timing to like span these two this time. So to me, that's what I took away from it. But to hear that it's gnarly, it's like, oh, and like what I was learning, like there were um, two instructors there. They took, they were very serious. Like they were educated in the Basel school. Yeah. So they were, what is that? So it's like a Swiss design school that was very much based. It's kind of like there's the Bauhaus and then there's Basel. And yeah. I don't know much about it, but my takeaway from it is like, it's kind of like hand skills okay, and a kind of like super rigorous work ethic. And, uh, a, um, it's like, I mean, it's a modernist approach to design uh-huh. based on craft presentation just i mean rigorousness you know yeah. which meant like and so they brought that so you're in alberta and in calgary but they they brought that wholeheartedly and then you would also have then illustrate like so when we we you couldn't just take design so there was like tracy who didn't care about illustration yeah <laughs> and she's a designer totally yeah. as a 20 year old or whatever she was but she knew she was a designer more than i did and uh being forced to figure draw and yeah and i think that's a little bit too but but that i think that's cool and so the, then you had like um kind of old school illustrators that would like like could draw a salmon 
(laughs) (laughs) That, by the way, I know exactly. Like, yeah, there's just that group from the 80s who, this is pre-Photoshop, so you could make a very tidy living if you could draw the living shit out of salmon or, like, oranges or, or a bottle. Yeah, a bottle. bottle. Yeah. Those color, those Prismacolor pencil, like Coca-Cola yeah. wizards, where you're like, that's colored pencil? Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. And they were, yeah, and they yeah. were just wrist wizards. Yes. <laughs> and they, yeah, and they, they could do, yeah, and they would use, like, it's like, here's an impossible tool. The Rotring. Dude, um, fuck a Rotring pen. pen. Fuck that thing. I've never used it right. <laughs> They don't work. That's why. No, you. It's this arcane pen where there's two metal pieces that are like your fingers. You take gouache, you paint it in between them. Oh it's, no, that you're talking. That's even worse. I'm not even going to that. That's a ruling pen. Yeah, that thing. That thing. But they ruled it. That thing. Yeah, it makes perfectly straight finish, lines. You finish your explanation. I couldn't. I never. I never completed one single perfect straight line in gouache. You could make these. It looked like a computer did it, like it was printed. Yeah. So you could imagine a pair of tweezers. Okay. <laughs> that yeah. you could like dial in to hold a tweeze. Okay. <laughs> Let's say a millimeter apart. Right. Let's say three points. Apart. <laughs> yeah. And that three point. So then using meniscus technology, like what is what yeah. is that? It's like basically like that liquid holds between. Yeah. Like if you put tweezers in water, water would stay in there. Okay. So you could put liquid ink or gouache paint yeah. in between the tweezers and then run it with a ruler. So you could make a perfectly straight like pin line, yeah. pen, like a line yeah. Yeah. in the color you wanted. So you okay. would mix the color. <sighs> you'd, you'd take a brush, you'd paint gouache in between the tweezer holders and then you'd run it against the ruler and you'd make a line and it was awful yeah and it made you feel bad about yourself and what you were doing and and there were people that were so good at it and you were like what the hell is wrong with you oh yeah how did you get how did you do how are you doing this yeah no we would learn and but i'm talking about like how about which is even because that's like like a crazy person's tool like that is like (laughs) like it's a yeah an amazing like a skill that is yeah lost in time but then you have just remember those like pens they were like what were they rapidograph rapidograph the r crumb pen like he draws with those yeah that's what don't work no they (laughs) they work for like a little while and then they get clogged clogged, and then you got to go buy the solution that they tell you will work that doesn't doesn't. (laughs) no yeah, I, I think he just buys new ones because he's our crumb and he's loaded, so he always has the new one. Well, no, and he's he's like he could also draw with a ruling pen. Yeah, like he's technically, yeah, like he's a total badass. Very advanced. I, did you see his new? Did you see his new <laughs> yes, drawings in the New York Times? I oh, ordered, I ordered the book instantly. It's he's having a show right now in London at oh, David's cool. Warner. And I guess his new thing is people kind of send him photos from the internet. Mm-hmm. He has a drawing of Serena Williams on the beach. Oh, wow. That is uh, so good. It, you're like, oh, he's better now. By the way, he's drawing those drawings with like 80-year-old eyes. No, I know. Which is crazy. And there's no wiggle. There's no... Nope. He's, it's crazy. Yeah, like, it's, it's I cannot wait for is the Is that book how old show. he is? I think he's got to be close to 80. When does the book come out? Uh, today. Oh, nice. Ships today. I'm yeah, I saw one drawing from that show. That's pretty interesting. Serena Williams is very R. Crumb. It, that's the thing. Her yeah, body yeah, yeah, is yeah. such an R. Yeah. Crumb body. And like, yeah. he's obsessed with her and Coco, Ice-T's wife. 
Oh, so he has yeah. a drawing of Coco like doing a str- like a yoga stretch. Oh, where that's you're like, awesome. this is the perfect moment for our crumb to be drawing yeah. people for drawing women. That's yeah. so funny. But yeah, that's you were you and I'm a, not that much younger than you, but we were at that moment in art school where technology was happening. But we, our professors. I remember watching professors like learn, get Photoshop explained to them from like students. They're like, oh, you can, oh, a filter. Like they were definitely learning things. It was a weird, it was a weird time. Yeah, it was a, yeah, really weird. Yeah, cool time because there was no, because you don't need anyone to teach you computer stuff. No. So I would go home. Also, my parents bought me a computer, which is huge. So they bought, especially back then. It's $11,000. Yeah, that's not a normal. I don't know what it was. It was probably. It was a lot. Probably $3,000. Yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that, so I could go home. So I would work all day, like ruling pens, <laughs> gouache, felt, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, felt penning comps, yeah. felt penning type Oy. comps and all that stuff. But then I could go home and just like make stuff on a computer and figure it out. But you were working. Which was so easy compared oh, to felt pens. According to, to Tracy, you were working a little bit in college. Yeah, quite a Doing bit. snowboard yes. designs. Yes. She, that's what she's like. It was so frustrating. We'd all be like broke eating ramen and Jeff would be like sending off a snowboard design and get like $1,000 and we'd all be like, what in the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> they were all like super like, Jesus Christ. How did you get into like working professionally while still in school? Because I, so I just would like I, like in, I discovered design because I didn't know like I, I, I just like to draw. Yeah. But I didn't know. Like nobody knows. Like I think now kids know about design, but I didn't know what I didn't know any yeah. designers. I, I really no didn't know concept. any artists. Yeah. I do. I knew. Um, I wanted. To, I said I wanted to be an architect, uh-huh. but I was just saying that because I said I wanted to draw. Yeah. So that's the only job I knew where you were allowed to draw all day. And so, and then through skateboarding, like I, we, I made a zine with a group of friends and. So then I figured out like, oh, actually I like like moving stuff around more than drawing. Like I saw like drawing I like to do, but I was like, oh, like when you, like I had these like sheets of colored paper and I would cut shapes out of them. I was like, I like this more than drawing. And I didn't understand really why, but it was like a little, and then I realized, oh, that's called graphic design. I don't even know if I knew, it was like commercial art. Yeah. So then commercial art. Yeah. Yeah. So this school like offered, offered that. And they didn't even offer a degree. It was just like a, it was like a like a trade school. It was in the spirit of a trade school, but no one told the instructors that. And the instructors, to their credit, treated it like a serious art school. And so you did a year foundation. I mean, I think there's many of these schools around, mm-hmm. and then they teach you these kind of hand skills. But but yeah, so I got to working. So through skateboarding, like it's like skateboarding needs a lot of graphics. Yeah, they need you tons of graphics all the time. We need a poster. I have a shop. I need a T-shirt. So, like, I was sponsored by a shop, and that shop owner, Ken Ockenbach, who's awesome, was just like, make me T-shirts. So I made T-shirts, and he you were sponsored for skateboarding. Yeah. So you ripped super hard '80s style. <laughs> Eighty, yes, in in the '80s, like half pipe or well, like street skating. Street skating. I skated half pipe. Okay. In the '80s, everyone skated everything. Like yeah. now. Yeah. But um. But yeah, street skating. What was your first board? My first board was a Sims flagship. Nice. Bought in Hawaii, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Concave. 
Nice. With concave. I remember my friend went to Hawaii and got a Hosoi and we were all just like, wow. It made, <laughs> and it was, combo? it was the skull skates one. And it oh, was of like, course. Cause there were like, that's the era where there were, he was skating for three companies. Yeah. Yeah. In like the span of like a year, he just kept jumping, but it was the skull skates one and it was wow. like pearlescent purplish. Oh. And man, it was so badass. Boy, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm buying a Skull Skates Hosoi in Hawaii. Because yeah. that means that board had to have come from Canada yeah. to Hawaii. Vancouver to Hawaii. That's amazing. I look at the Skull Skates site all the time. Yeah, I mean, He's still really good. Yeah, he's still really good. That Skull Skates was a big deal. Yeah. Because it was like they were like, it's like, yes, there was Alva, but Skull Skates was something. I mean, I guess also because. Vancouver's just over the mountains from where I grew up. So to have Skull Skates there doing something really I didn't know it was real. Canadian. Growing up in LA looking at Thrasher, I didn't get that. You, you weren't like, oh, that's... No, it, it's true. You were just like, oh, that's Skull Skates. They're rad. You have to read the fine print. Yeah, d- yeah the P.O. box. I was like, <laughs> yes. what the hell is Vancouver? <laughs> what like, what to is me, it? Not to even me, where, it was probably yes. just a town in LA off yeah, the five yeah. I didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, no, this is Dave Hackett's. It's just right <laughs> beyond the furthest point you'd ever been in your life. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. probably right, like a block past that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like probably yeah, going yeah, to Pasadena. 27 minutes away from here. I literally had no concept of it. And I wasn't reading anything in Thrash. I was just looking at the pictures. I know too. But yeah. see, I, but that's the thing. Like, I would definitely read the fine print. I'm like, where's Virginia? <laughs> Why? Why did shut up and skate in wherever that was? You know, yeah, I'd be like, I'd read the. Fi- I'd be like, Virginia, some place in America. Yeah, that's not California. What's going on? Yeah. I'm curious to know why, after you graduated from Alberta College, you picked going to because then you went to Cal Arts, correct yes why'd you pick California versus going to New York because at that time yeah. it was still like if you wanted to be any kind of artist you still kind of had to go to New York yeah well that well I'll finish the, like so working in it relates to working when I was at ACA and I was working so a friend of mine turned pro snowboarding and so he needed a graphic so back to the, like the like there's the the um, the economy of of action sports mm-hmm. needing graphics so I was making t-shirts and then it's like a friend starts a whole clothing line and then I was making like club flyers and then that guy starts a store so I like designed so like my last year of college, like I presented like a line of snowboards an entire interior for a store oh. where I designed all the wow. everything in it and then an entire clothing line wow. and then my, I remember these instructors going <laughs> saying that, like in the final press, they was like, "What is this stuff?" And they and then they were like, "Wait, is this real?" <laughs> yeah, real. that doesn't happen in art school almost ever. No, it's unusual. It's usually mock products. Yes, yeah. But in our world, it was it was it wasn't total. It's it's kind of normal. Like in the world of skateboarding, or like it's like it it entices you to make stuff. And so then when it comes time to like make a shop. It's like I want to make a shop. Like yeah. I'll totally make you a shop. Yeah, and uh, so um, so I was working for, and then I met like skateboard people because I would go to the ASR, the Action Sports Show, mm-hmm. and I met people through the snowboard thing and making snowboards for Barfoot, which was a company that no longer exists. Um, but it was basically because like my friend John Boyer, who was my neighbor and who we skateboarded with, went pro. And then I then did the whole, I did his, and then I did the whole line the year after that. Mm-hmm. Um, that but the, so I had, and so then 
when it comes time to go, like I knew, like, so at this point I knew like, okay, I'm doing this. Like I know I'm already doing this. So if I'm doing this and I'm like 20 whatever years old, 22 years old or whatever, like I'd gone straight from, like I'm like, well, I'm not gonna then just do this forever. Like yeah. I can already do this. So I needed like to, and I needed a, I, I knew I wanted more than, than what I was doing. I just yeah. didn't want to continue making skateboards or whatever. So I knew I wanted to go to grad school. And so, yeah, what was interesting is there was this very kind of, in a great way, there was this like pipeline of, people from our undergraduate that were going to SVA. And that was the program that Tracy and Brett yeah. were all in. And before them, there were other students and, and doing well and going to New York. Cause it's true. That was the only place, like you said. Yeah. Like the record industry was there and you could just go yeah, yeah, MTV and stuff. Yeah. You get MTV. Everything was there. Yeah. But for me, everything was in California. And then, so I went to New York to tour SVA and got accepted into their illustration program. I think the one year illustration program but then I saw like, and uh, my friend Lyle had an issue of Eye Magazine. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen Eye Magazine, so really beautiful British design magazine. And it was like an issue on typography. And there was article in it on Cranbrook. And I, and I read about Cranbrook and the graduate program there. And the instructors, that some of the people that were, went through the program at Cranbrook, which is this super conceptual program based on the idea of I mean, there's a lot of things, but one of the things was like kind of like ideas in design and like authorship within design and graphic design. And I saw, and then, you know, you hold as me, as like a young guy, not exposed to design, just to see iMagazine. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Because at this point, I'm like a very astute decoder of culture. Like I'm living in Canada. I'm yeah. decoding culture from a distance. So you show me, like I'd seen the face, I'd seen ID, I'd seen yeah. all these magazines, but then to see then the design equivalent of like Thrasher. Yeah. Right? I know, like I can flip through and be like, okay, this is, this is deep. This is something. Yeah, these people is, are doing something yes. incredible and it's cool as shit. It's cool because I don't understand these it. These are the cool yeah. kids. They're talking, about re, they're talking about stuff that's like, it's like exactly like, well, if I'm not going to do skateboard graphics for the rest of my life, it's like, oh, you have to go into something that's like, oh, this is an alien world that yeah. interests me. It's back to like, well, what did I really like? Like just because I was good at something, right? Like just because I was good at drawing doesn't like I would I could draw really well but that didn't mean that like I was most excited about a sheet of paper that was one color yeah and I recognized that <laughs> yeah like just because you're good at something doesn't mean like do it like yeah. at times yes like it's like a balance so I saw like like you know the work in like that they were showing that was this work coming out of Cranberg was really ugly it was crazy looking like kind of Ray Gunnish type design but then you read about it and the things they were saying and so then all those people went to CalArts and they kind of took over so the CalArts grad program was previously very interestingly a feminist design program mm -hmm. and then it became around the time like a couple years before I went there it became this new design program run by Lorraine Wilde Jeff Keaty and Ed Fella and it was like okay I'm gonna apply there and then all my instructors said like oh that you won't get in I mean, when I did my final presentation um, at my undergrad, the, the famous quote from the head of the department was, oh, I asked him a question in like the crazy print lab about something, about printing, because I needed to get something printed. And he said, oh, 
and when he realized I was a design student, he said, oh, I thought you were the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Why, because you were there all the time? No, he just didn't know who I was. Oh. Like in my final year of school. Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, I applied to CalArts. They didn't think I was gonna, they told me like, you'll never get in, no one ever gets into CalArts. Is that difficult? I think because no one ever applied. I'm like, well, whoever applied? And to like, the design, one applied. Was it the design program was specifically to the, hard? Yeah, to the, to the design master's program. Okay. Because, uh-huh. I, I mean, coming when I was looking at art schools, CalArts was like one of, definitely one of the best ones to go to, but it wasn't like, oh, fuck, you mean... Like, that's what they used to say about Art Center back then. Yeah. It was like, it, you're not going to get in the first try. Right. You'll put it together a portfolio, but you won't. You won't get in. Then you'll go to like one, two of their night classes. They'll help you put together a portfolio, and then you'll get in. Is that true? Yeah, that's what you used to hear all the time. Yeah, but I went to the night course before I applied. So when you my, were in high school, when I was in high, well, when I was in junior college. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of probably the right way to do it. I mean, it's, it's so expensive. And it was, I mean, I wasn't ready. People didn't understand yeah. how much work it is. Yeah. I would have definitely flunked out if I was like yeah. 19, 18, yeah. doing that kind, that much yes. work. Yes. I would have no, flunked out. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the flaw of like any undergrad program. Like yeah. I was really ready to work, but I had already, in high school, I was already taking stuff to print, you know? Yeah. So I was ready to go. But yeah, that's, I mean, the Most reality people, of people, yeah. like not, going on to have careers after art school it's because well they just figured it out like their last year and then they don't even want to do this stuff you're learning because it's such a broad yeah these programs are so broad but anyway that's a different thing I mean, yeah. but so anyway i got into college i remember calling like i got the acceptance letter and i actually and it said like it's very clear it's like you've been accepted yeah <laughs> and i remember this is just like a really good memory because it puts i it like kind of says the kind of state of mind I was in. I remember being in my parents' kitchen and I go and I call the admission. I go like, I don't understand this letter that I got. Like I call the admissions at CalArts. Like, and I was being sincere. Like I was like, I don't understand what, what this letter means. And they're like, well, it means you've been accepted into the grad program. I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) But that kind of says like where my head was at. Like I didn't, it was very clear. Yeah. And you just couldn't I just couldn't register. It. Yeah. I couldn't register. <laughs> what was Ed Fellow like then? Because I've only met him. I tried, to, I tried to do a book with him. Like when we had our book company, I went there because I heard from a guy. I worked on, on a Beck video and this dude who worked at the motion, at, I think it was called Motion Theory. A dude who worked there was like, dude, you're, I saw your website. You're rad. He's like, you were like something about Ed Fell. He's like, dude. And I go, yeah, I know of him. He's rad. He goes, dude, he has these sketchbooks. He's got mountains of them. And I yeah. was like, what? And so I somehow I call CalArts and I'm like, connect me with Ed Fella. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, can I meet with you? And I go, so I go there and I'm like, hey, I heard you have these. I heard you have a lot of sketchbooks. Oh and we sat there and he just was like going through them. And there, you know, he draws them every single day. Yeah when he goes to the movies and shit. So they're just, there's something like 20 of them or something and they're all completely full and I wanted wow. to make a book of them. Just like right. a collected, like yes. huge book and, but then our book company stopped being a book company. But he's a pretty f- interesting dude. Really interesting, yeah. And he's done a ton of shit. Like oh. he's huge. Yes. But he is super specific and likes to talk a lot. Yes. And I assume he's exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's like gonna change. But yeah, and, and then so you have him, and he's like drawing, and then and being this super esoteric guy who's like, 
exited from the design world because he worked as a commercial designer in the kind of pushpin era of graphic design in Detroit, like super prolific, super interesting work. Yeah. And then just stopped because he was, uh, he, his interest was in art, but he never, I don't, but he, I don't, he just made work, but he didn't really like go like, okay, now I'm going to like show work, sell work. He just made it. He made books. It's like unsellable. <laughs> it's even hard to make a book out of like for yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Cause if you make that much stuff, like how do you make that book? I remember being like, okay, this is going to be like, I remember just thinking like the scanning is going to cost thousands of dollars. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember cause it's, yeah. you know, I remember talking to Brett and Tracy about it. I was like, Look, there's like, there's like five thousand of them. We're just gonna like, but a lot of them are rad. <laughs> like, but some Let's, of them are like just weird and like so specific and kind of like you're like, I don't know. There's so many. Yes, but yeah, that's like he he it's came and ta- he came and talked at Art Center, and kind of there was like a group of us who kind of had our minds blown and were super into it. Yeah, and then another group that was like, what in the fuck was that? Because all he <laughs> talked about was like exit work. And like getting uh, out, uh, yes. He was basically like, "Do whatever you want and get out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, and that's he. You know, it's like very interesting that you know he was an older guy when I was there. Yeah, he was probably in his, I don't, I don't know, but like an older guy. Like he was, ha- he was like, um, that having that in the air was really important. Well, that's I think because you, while you do graphic design, you also are kind of. As far as designers go, you're recognized for your work. Like you can tell it's yeah. your work. Yeah. When you do, even when you have done motion graphic stuff, mm-hmm. you can tell like, oh, that's a Jeff did that. Yeah. Which is in the design world isn't that common. No. Yeah. I mean, you you're you're actually more famous than most graphic designers can get famous for like recognizable work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like you have like because I agree with Ed. You know, Ed's other thing is like I'm a failure. <laughs> you know, his, that's his rap is I'm a failure really? and it's based on this idea that he chose to to make art but he doesn't have a like career as an artist as much as maybe he had a career as a designer right and it's based on I mean I don't know maybe it's a longer he would speak longer on his I'm a failure <laughs> but you know that's what the takeaway is I'm a failure right and so and I think that you know that was for me, like I go like, okay, cause I, as much as I, so I go to college and I want to be a designer. I don't really want to be a designer. Like I don't really like Tracy's really a designer or, um, Neville Brody is really a designer. Like I have an interest in design that's like a, because it's like an entry point. So as much as I, like, I didn't have any goal of like, oh, well I really want to design these logos like I just I wanted to make stuff yeah you weren't like I'm gonna rebrand Adidas like no, that wasn't your yeah. shit and I would say like I would lie people would like because people would ask you at the time when you're starting up people would ask you like well what do you want to do so I'd say like I want to do a magazine but it wasn't true <laughs> like I just knew like I have to say something because <laughs> yeah. it, like and that's a way of like making it clear like oh he like kind of wants to to like create something that goes out in the world that is like but in reality, it's like you, you like, I think I didn't know what I wanted to do, but you want to participate. So like back to Ed Fella, like Ed Fella was right because being a designer on, on, in a, in, on, in the terms, like when he maybe came out of school, was working, um, in like agencies, he didn't have any autonomy. Yeah. He didn't have the ability to like, just like make doodles and do a Nike shoe. 
yeah. the doodles on it. Yeah. Or or whatever the case. So he was right to say like you know what he like in retrospect it's like I think he was like speaking against like the kind of the grind that is designed which I understood even then. Like that was like kind of like saying like I I didn't want to find myself in an art department at Powell Peralta yeah. churning out like even though that's like a dream job in my mind like what I wanted the was nuts autonomy and, the nuts and bolts of it on a day to day basis are like uh, they're, where they're just like hey can we see five more versions you're like oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. no man <laughs> no exactly and, and that's what Ed Fell is talking about like yeah. five versions rejected like here's a portfolio of work that none of it got made like, yeah. that's very normal like I think for the world of design it's like that. that's like very normal super like, normal like a printed book that like I printed these out because no one else would like <laughs> yeah. that's really great here's them like you're, you can have like a career of design yes where 30 things got used but you made like I don't know 5,000 yes logos and stuff and you're like oh and, they, and you know they never pick it talked into like yeah they picked the lame one like they yeah. didn't pick the right one yeah <laughs> because guy, the lame one was the right one <laughs> like that's the thing yeah. like it's like because it's like why are you doing that why did you do all these yeah why are you trying to do this weird logo for us we we don't need that yeah we need the little the little bob how did you plan once you sort of knew that in your head how were you like okay this is how i'm gonna make a living though since i don't want to do this stuff how am i it, where you're like should i have to kind of get famous no, so that I they mean, come I, to you for like, because that's the right. thing. They people come to you for the Jeff thing, right? Well, that I mean, I think like you know, at the, at the time, I think that's like it's once again, it's like timing, right? In life, there is like there is truly is like luck of timing. Yeah. So like, if like two years before me in undergraduate school, there was no such thing as a computer. I luckily there's a computer, so the computer meant like back to like my what I wanted. From the from design was autonomy, and I think that was an I hate uh, uh, it. It came out of you know, like I think it, like it was an abstract thought, but I knew like oh I just want to be doing what I'm doing, but on a higher level. So I knew I didn't want a job. So um, the computer made that possible. And then at the time there was also people like Neville Brody, who were doing really interesting work, and they were kind of like he was like a rock star. Yeah, you know he was a like a famous in the world of design. Yeah, like the, he had a monograph. It was like it David was Carson. David Carson. There were these kind of like they were rock star designers. Where yeah. like they cost a lot of money. Yeah, you got a specific thing, but it was cool and it yeah. would get you noticed. And it yes. was you know, and they were making really good work. There was a there was a book called Design After Dark, mm-hmm. which was um you know had people like Trevor Jackson who was designing stuff for the Jungle Brothers. Right. So there was like, there was this era of work being made that was like, looked like it was made on the computer, but it was actually all done by hand. Yeah. But it was this kind of like, oh, there is like design was like a little bit of a thing. Um, but I don't know. What was the point? Oh, like how to get what? So like I knew. And then the other thing is like, I, because of like, I was already like, I knew I could always get work. So I wasn't really concerned about, oh, there's, there's two things. I always knew I could get work. And this started very early on. Like when I was in high school, like I had a summer job working printing, so, like silk screening, mm-hmm. like in a t-shirt shop, like making those shirts that say like Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. You know, and then I went into the art department. I could like make the, like draw that stuff, like a wolf. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. all that stuff. So then I knew like, and then I got a job at a framing shop 
and I knew how to make picture frames for another summer. So I knew there was no way I could always, like it didn't matter. I could always cover my rent. And then as well, because my undergrad was basically free, it was $500 a year. And then at CalArts, my parents lent me money to pay for my living expenses and I had a scholarship. So I had a loan with my parents that was not very much. Low interest rate probably. Very low, yeah. Zero interest. (laughs) Yeah, Like yard work when you go visit. (laughs) And then that. And then I had no real, I didn't have student loans because I had a scholarship. Yeah. And so. It's a good setup. That's a, that's <laughs> like, I think that's like, that's the thing is like, there's so much in life that is like, as much as like I'm making choices, like there are things that are like, like the right place at the right time. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Yes. A lot of people graduate with $150,000 in art school debt that amounts to like. $1,500 a month in a loan payment. Yes. And that, and it really changes. Those are the people that are like, I have to go be a designer and I do brochures for the, like, yes, they don't have a lot of choice at the most vital time in their life. Yeah. Right. So you finish grad school and I remember like being flown to Microsoft to interview and they were like, we want to hire you as an interface designer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but what if I would have had $60,000 in student loans like friends of mine had, I would have like taken the job for a couple years. Yeah. Moved up there. And then they would offer me crazy stock options. Yep. So then I'd be yeah. like, oh my God, I can't walk away from this. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm just going to hunker down for a minute. And that just changes your trajectory. And then 35 years later, you're retiring yeah. from yeah. Microsoft. You meet like, somebody, you get married, you have a kid, you're there. I mean, yeah. when I was in art center, it was always like, you could go to Kansas and work at Hallmark. Totally. They're like, if you have, they, they will hire you. They will, based on you going to Art Center, they will hire you and you can get a job making $50,000 a year, yeah. which is plenty of money there. Oh, uh, yeah. And you will pay, and you can pay off your loans, was basically totally. the pitch. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And, and it didn't even sound that bad. You're like, so I, I, I can draw, and like, it'll take you about five years and then you can do yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. But yeah, it's a different, you didn't have that. I mean, I didn't have that problem either. Yeah. Like, luckily. But it is totally different. Yeah. So the choice is, yeah, so that you're, because like, as much as like, oh, I have this skill, I have this skill, I have this interest, that balanced out, then that just balanced out against the other factors of your life, you know? And so I had, like, my factors were, so I was able to live in a garage, Mm -hmm. and I took a job, (laughs) but I took a job, like, just long enough till I could save up to buy a computer. And um, the minute, like, I had that computer, I quit the job, which was like a little design job. And eventually like moved into the house out of the garage. But anyway, like, so like there was, like I was always on this like kind of, like I, I kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew like I, I had like, I had a passion to do it and I had the means kind of how, at, the, at the time. How early on did people start letting you kind of really do your own thing as far as the look of what you were making? Right. Well, I mean, I, I like, I mean, kind of, right away because like the the only stuff that was working was the stuff that looked like I did it right like right away I knew like oh because you know the entire time I was at college I didn't draw so I just stopped drawing like I forced myself to not draw I didn't do anything and then the minute I graduated I just started drawing again and making skateboards and yeah. doing the exact same thing but in a very different way and then I suddenly had this kind of like I had like kind of these like very like tangible hand skills based on like my undergraduate and then I had this like conceptual approach and this like kind of super rigorous like 
critical, like, I guess it's like ability to critique work in a, and to put it under a kind of a lens that was a, it was kind of like an art lens. Mm-hmm. Like I could look at design and the choices I was making in design as in a way that was, um, uh, it was like a very high criteria. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Like I was doing work for girl skateboards and I was doing work for like independent art, you know, art video people. And it was the same work Yeah. because I was putting it under, like I was holding everything to this standard that no one was asking for. There was no demands of any of the project I was working that I hold things to the standard I was holding them to, which was this kind of like CalArts standard. And then visually, I was like, how, I, what? So that that's like kind of like, like the basis of how I was developing the work. Like, so it was coming out of this conceptual approach that I learned at CalArts. That was like a, basically like a way of working. But then how the work looked was what was happening in my sketchbooks and then basically reacting to like what I saw at CalArts, which was the stuff people were, when people would like, they put something on the wall and it would be really crazy looking. But then when they talk about it, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was really funny. And, and, but it was, and they were super clear. So it was this idea of like the thoughts, like people's thoughts, my thoughts, anybody's thoughts and ideas, which are sometimes for, for some of the people at CalArts, it was kind of taking theory, like French theory, and applying it to design. But for me, it was like just ideas. And sometimes it's just ideas or personal ideas. And so for me, it was like, well, what if instead of it being hidden in the work, it's super clear? Yeah. So then, so it was like sketchbooks and then clarity. And then I just would take jobs. And then I would do, what I was doing was just like, I'm just gonna do this thing. And the stuff that was that thing was like, oh, well, we like that one. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the brief or the, it was just work. And I was like, oh, so we can, it, I just ignore what they say. I mean, I th- it, in thinking about your work, because I discovered your work probably a little out of order. I probably saw someone who maybe likes you a lot. <laughs> and then <laughs> I saw your work and I remember... It was like a small book, and I don't know who published it, but, it, well, I remember, because I would look at the years, and I was like, wait a minute, 1997, and then I'd be like, well, that guy, uh, oh, yeah, oh, this is where this sort of came from. Yeah. The first, okay, the first thing I know, for sure, I noticed, I had that I'm rocking on your dime t-shirt. Right. Which, that's how I discovered your work, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was... In a weird, that was like sort of a famous T-shirt, at least yeah. out here. Yeah, yeah. I would Around see here. it on ad people all the time. Yeah, it was like a, f- and, and it, it was weird because it was not a skateboard company or a band. Right. It was just a famous T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> in this moment where design was having a moment, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this? And it was just you know, I think your initials are on it or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, who is this person? And then that's how I found your work, but. In thinking about what, how maybe you're classified, it's like an, a, a kind of efficiency. Yes. Where you, there's like, there's no kind of extraneous lines. If you right. take one out, it changes the whole thing. Yeah. It's only what's necessary. Yes. And there's like a double meaning or it seems like it, it, you've dissected it yeah. to mean more than one thing. Yeah. And you've taken out literally all the fat. Yes. And that's sort of your, that's your thing. Or yeah. that you're that you, I think, are better at than lots of people who maybe right. look at your work yeah. 
we did a ripoff episode and you were one of the people. <laughs> yeah. There were five episodes and we we're like, these are the people that get ripped off quite a bit. Yeah. You were definitely one of them. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at your work and they go, partially all artists are really lazy and they're like, well, that's super simple. That guy's getting paid to do that simple ass drawing. You could do that. Fuck, I could do that. But then, you know, so, but they lack maybe the same idea skills. Right. Yeah. 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 But you get, you get ripped off a lot. Yeah. I'm sure you're well aware of that. Yes. How does that make you feel? Flattered, angry, both? Uh, not, not flattered. No. Not really angry. I mean, it's, it's, it's only angry if someone like really like, I mean, you know, it's, it's bothersome when it becomes like, oh, that you sold that thing that copied my thing to someone else. Yeah. Right? And I think it's, it's, it's more that, um, I mean, I, I see it as, you know, the, if I, the stuff I see is often because like some company like printed it. Yeah. And they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. That this designer, and then it'll be like the head of the design agency says, well, some underling did this. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it shows a lack of, it's like just like you're, you're, it's bad practice. Yeah. Right? So it's like you're not doing anything and you're allowing, you've created a culture where you're allowing, there's a culture that allows this kind of like copying. Yeah. And it's just sloppy. There's got to be a guy at the head of the Urban Outfitters design department that's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he, like I don't ever go to that building. They yeah. just get the emails. And yeah. it's like, yeah, no, yeah. man, they're down there. Someone's got to be like, go to art galleries, like yeah. with your phone, yeah. and find us stuff that's cool. And we don't give a shit. Barry McGee pattern, great. If it's a Jeff McFetridge painting, great. Doesn't matter. Bring it back, and if they sue us, we'll stop printing it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just cease and desist and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I get real annoyed by it. Yeah. I don't no, get I mean, ripped off. And I get real annoyed when I see people getting ripped off, especially when I know them. Yeah. I'm like, that fucking hack. <laughs> but you know what? This is the thing, though, because like, I get so much positive reinforcement in what I do. Like, mm-hmm. I feel very lucky. And because like the people who like my work and respond to my work follow my work they like stick up for me like so i won't know something's happened and then somebody will send me like like a kind of like a chat room or something and there's people like why did you rip off japanese country yeah you don't have to do it oh and and so i'm very lucky yeah what is what kills me is when the new york times or any of these large companies um print something that's like influenced by my work and I think like if I, like the young version of me would be crushed. So I'm in a position where like I get credit for tons of stuff. Yeah. And I am like, I, am, I can move on. But if you, in our culture of plagiarism and this like lack of understanding of authorship and invention, right? That it does exist. There mm-hmm. is such thing as visual authorship that in the way that there is with words that, um, or any, other you know film music right Mm -hmm. and you can debate it but it does exist right so that that for young designers like what's to give them any hope what's to give why would they ever not copy because well i i have no chance out here i have no chance i'm struggling already it's like difficult to be a like visual maker of things i think um and so like those that is what is really heinous is because what's the incentive what's the incentive for me to make something new because I'm, you're just a sitting duck. And I had that. I never had a website for years. And people would say, why don't you have a website? And I'd be like, ah, I'm just not interested. And the reason I didn't have a website is like, if I put this stuff up, so like nobody knew what I made. 
Yeah. Right. Like you would have to be like a sleuth or be in my studio to know the stuff I was making because I felt so vulnerable. Like if I do a t-shirt with like disco lights on it, there's just going to be disco or whatever. Like yeah. all the stuff that I felt was like at the time was really important. So a website would just been a place where everyone could just go a grab yes. bag for theft. Yes. Okay, yes. right. Yeah. And so now, you know, I have a Tumblr it's yeah. full of drawings. I have a site that I update a little bit that has all my shows and stuff on it. So like this stuff gets like, it goes out there. Yeah. But at this point, it's like, I partially it's like a different time. Yeah. And so I think people, there is more, there is, I feel like there's more copying, but there's also more of an understanding there is. of copying. There is for sure. People get called out. People get called out. Yeah. yeah. You can't secretly do it from one part of the world anymore. Yeah. If it's yeah. out there, there's, people that are super fans or just bored online yes. that'll come to your defense. Yeah. I, it, it happened with comedy. Yeah. It, you it can't really oh. steal the way you used to. Exactly. And that's yeah. the thing. Exactly. Yeah. If it's, if it can exist on the internet, you're going to get called out or at Humiliate. least the timeline from yes. theft yeah, humiliated to yes. theft to like, you know, execution or yes. whatever it's going to be is a lot shorter. Yeah. That, that's really, that, that's good. And that's the thing is like, uh, design needs to develop a culture like comedy has developed a culture where there is like both freedom mm-hmm. to like, oops, I made a mistake. I yeah. bit that joke by accident. I'm a little bit humiliated. And then the full crucif- crucifixion of people who say something like super racist or, you know, yeah. that like, or, or steal, right? Yeah. So there's like, it's a culture and it, it, it tends to itself. And design, because design has been co-opted by commerce and marketing, and it's it, it's been decided many many years ago that design is used to sell stuff. Yeah, and it and that is not really true for most people doing design. They view it as a way of like making stuff, but because it like commerce keeps the copying going, it keeps this. Yeah, you know, it dis they disincentifizes. Just, they need content more than they care about being altruistic. Yeah, some, the yeah, money it's too. Moving, yeah, it's, it's moving too fast. Yeah. And they don't, but the thing is, it's not, let's not say this is corporations, it's agencies yeah. and firms. It's groups yeah. of designers who are supposedly the people defending the culture, yeah. they're the ones doing it. Yeah. And the companies are just like, well, what, what, what? we didn't know. And they don't, they don't no, know. No, they don't. What ha- what's happened in agencies, as I know this from being a commercial actor, is like huge companies bought up all of them, so they have that same conglomerated culture yeah lack like of, we yeah. don't give a fuck and like we don't care about your little how much your heart is in like we just need this stuff done yes and they're just like cut costs we don't care how yes and so ne- that's the thing they have less money for everyone everyone's getting paid less and expected to do more yes, yes. and that's when you get when a designer needs to make too much work and doesn't have enough time that's when they get a little it gets a little squishy it's morally. Little it's like one from you, one from me, one from Barry McGee. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, no, it's like, and then, but then that's the thing. It's like, and there's no humiliation because it's like, well, that guy just works for us. He's a temp. Yeah. Put in 10 comps. Like, it's like a, it's like a, um, it's like the firing squad where one person has the, the blank. You know? Yeah. It's, it's the, it's, there's a lack of, yeah. you know, of uh, responsibility. And I think that that has to be the focus. And I think it can totally happen. Right. So you need to talk about it and, I think that, um, you know, I don't like to talk about it. And I realize that the reason I don't like to talk about it is like what you want to do in all things is encourage people to make work. So just so that and that's what I do for myself. Like, so I have not pursued in the past people copying me because I go like that kind of like negative energy 
for me doesn't help me make more. So I'll just get angry, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll be like use that anger to make work. Yeah, and I and and work has come out of that. So I'll be like, oh, copy this, you know. And that is like <laughs> there's like a whole type of work that I've done that comes out of oh well like you can't like so like I made that video for the whitest boy alive and it's a drawn animation Mm -hmm. and that came out of because at the time I was doing animation and it was and it was like done on the computer or whatever and it just became very like I don't know not copy like it just became like oh like everyone was kind of doing similar work and it just became like kind of difficult and I would like do jobs that like I'd be bidding against like big animation outside. So it's just me. Yeah. And then there'd be an animation. I'd be like, we'll do it for free and we'll do it in a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, okay. And so like part of it was like, well, what can I? And so I started doing like hand-drawn animation. Cause it's like, well, no one's going to do this. Like it took me three months. Yeah. Do. It's like yeah. a stack of drawings. That's like, um, maybe four feet tall. Yeah. Whoa. And it was like, and you're almost in a way very daring. I'm like, hey, I dare you. Yes. Company. Yeah. Get, get three of your people and yeah. make them do, they'll be like, yeah. they'll quit. Yeah, they'll quit. And it'll be so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and just and just like, and also then everything in it is just kind of like, it's like like a pure, it's just very, like, like it's, it's so me or something. You know, it's like, so like, I mean, yeah. and it's like not, like that didn't entirely just come out of this reaction to copying, but it did come out of like participating. Right. So like I'm like participating this whole time. Like I'm putting work out there. Like I'm trying to make work that makes people want to copy it. Like that's like it's like I'm trying to. If something's really rad and efficient, especially it's almost like you're like, I remember uh, one of the first shows I was ever in. There was a Barry McGee bottle and Rob Clayton of the Clayton Brothers goes, man. I wish I'd fucking could paint a face on a bottle and get 900 bucks. And that's when they were 900 bucks. <laughs> exactly. Is when yeah. you see someone who's found something, you're like, God damn it. Yes. You did it. You totally. did it. You're going to be able to do that a thousand more times and everyone <laughs> likes it and shit. And that's, and, but the thing is, and like, I feel when I speak for Barry, but that's part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, like if you participate in cultures, you know, like I'm going to do this. Cause it's like, you're, he's like participating right so like graffiti is like oh man that letter or you know like yeah did that i mean i don't i don't know anything about the way that there, there, there's like that graffiti letter r that everyone does and you're like well yeah. who invented it but like the first guy did was probably like i'm killing i killed this r and he yeah. probably sees it all the time yeah, yeah. was it risk or yeah. whatever but yeah. like he's like i see my r yeah everywhere yeah. <laughs> so i'm like trying to do that so that's the other thing of like if you're trying to make work that is like i say it's like and for a long period of time when I feel like that was like super duper plagiarized was like I was trying to like invent cliches. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to like create stuff that looked like that was a cliche that was I described it to myself and in interviews as cliches you've never heard before. So it's like a cliche that you're like, oh, I know that. But you're like, you don't. But it's just like pulling from a familiarity wavelength that we all share so like to say then like oh i saw your thing i saw that sasquatch i copied so many times it's like it's not really like so i always felt like well i'm not really getting copied because i'm cheating because i'm using visual language that like feels like it existed yeah at the same time i also believe in invention like i believe in that i'm when i'm making things 
that I'm like putting things back into the culture. So it's like, like if the alphabet, like if you're like writing work, like you're like writing a poem, and and if like there's a letter in the alphabet that you add, right? That you make up a sound for, and so that's like yes, you're writing poems, but some but there's a new letter in this alphabet, and that's like in the work, it's like that is an aspect of it. Like I'm not like collage a collagist or you know I am trying to like put things back like create something that's like oh no one's ever done that before yeah and it might just be like oh a guy walking but I've never seen a guy walk from that perspective yeah with that thing why is his foot longer and then it curls around yes. and then now he's going backwards and forwards at the same time you're like what dude like that yeah. <laughs> a lot of times that that's what happens when you look at your work a lot yes. of you're like what dude like it's yeah it's like a little bit it's weird because it's like kind of you'd say maybe trippy yeah but not in that like not like a velvet like glow in the dark <laughs> like psychedelic where you're just like what like yeah. oh shit there's a guy inside that head the, yeah. the head's in the head and, wow shit yeah yeah you're just like oh you're kind of blowing my mind here dude <laughs> yeah because there's like a thing like you all and it's the way i speak as well like i like you start somewhere you end up like where you left off and you're like wait wait you just had a whole you just said a whole sentence without saying anything <laughs> <laughs> but you can just talk and talk but it's like you, oh, we're just at the same place you said that in an interview where like you were looking at like books your old sketchbooks and you're like I've been kind of dealing with the same ideas for a really long time yes that's not so much identical but like I you know a lot you don't even realize it where you think you're like man I'm on some new shit and you look yeah. back like this is some 1997 shit no, because I, I date things. I date because I work in the same books over and over in an Ed Fella esque way, I guess. Right. But like, I can go back to a book from ten years ago, and I'll be like, "Oh no, <laughs> I just drew that today." Like, literally <laughs> a thing that I'm like working out. So I feel like I'm working out things. It's funny because I just wrote like a bio, and I was thinking about this idea of like, des- like a lot of people in design, like when they talk about being a designer, is like, "Oh, I'm a problem solver." Yeah. And I think that that's like, oh, actually, like, I've kind of questioned that the whole time, that I'm like the anti-problem solver. Like, it's like, actually, like, I ignore the problem, and I just say, what I do is, like, for every problem, I just say the same thing. So I say something, I was like, I'm just going to talk about myself. (laughs) You know, or what, and it's not like it's, like, super, like, it really is, like, I'm talking about myself, but I just think the same idea actually applies to every problem right and that the problems really you you can't you know what your problems you can't solve it with design yeah what you can and but what so like well then but we still need a logo right so that's why i gotta go like well then i gotta just make something up because your problem is is lame like the reality (laughs) is like a paper company what's the best logo for a paper company it has nothing to do with paper yeah nothing you know it's just like oh it's like a it's like a mouse Halfway in the yeah, hole. Like, it's coming out of the hole. There's no way Pepsi was like, we desperately need a Yeti. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that was not a conversation that happened. No. They were just like, we need to be cool. Right. We're going to hire a guy that's cool. Right. And I, when, I, when that campaign was happening, I, I would always, when I'd see it, I'd be like, God, I wish... I want to meet the guy at Pepsi who doesn't get it the most. <laughs> have him be just like, oh my God. And he's what, like, why? What, how much money did we get? Why? Like, just like a guy who's been there forever and he's yeah. like, no, no, I don't get it. I don't think I don't get this. Like, no, it's who, working really who, well. Who, no, who's right? 
That's the thing. <laughs> he's right. I'm right. Yeah. Like, he's like, why don't we have a girl? She could be laying on a car. Totally. She could be hot. She needs a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he's right. But like, there was some other dude who was like, yeah, but this Yeti. This Yeti. Is rad. Is cooler rad. than that. Yeah. This, look it out. Look, it's one color. Yeah. <laughs> why? Oh, my God. And it's, you can't even, it doesn't even look like a Yeti. It's just like an outline of a yeah. Yeti. Well, there was a, I watched a thing and it was talking, I read an article, it was about how really famous ad campaigns had no effect on sales. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Got Milk did nothing for milk sales. Right. Like the hugest campaigns were like, or they couldn't track that any of the growth had anything to do with the, with the campaign at all. That it's just an, a weird awareness thing yes. that like, we need to have our product in front of eyeballs at all times, so we need different versions of things to put in front of people. Right. It's not like everyone decided at a company, like, we're going to be really design savvy. It was just like, this is cool. This yeah. guy does this cool thing. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have to ha- be a total disbeliever in the whole thing. Like, I think it's, that, that is, I mean, for me, that's like essential. You can't actually believe you're solving problems. <laughs> like you know, if you want, if you're participating, because then you're just like, I don't even. I know. feel like, like Paul Rand. I feel like Paul Rand believed he was solving problems. He believed it, but he had a healthy ego yeah. that made him go, "Well, I'm solving problems, but I'm right, mm-hmm. and that's not me." Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't. Even, what do I know? Right. But Paul Rand, he's that's what makes him a great designer because he was totally convinced that he was right so he was right he said the Enron logo was the best logo he'd ever done yeah and it is a really rad a logo, logo. I, I want to buy it it's like it's it's just a, it's not you can't buy it it's not like free yet buy it. what but do you it, mean I want a license I want to buy the license oh. for it well don't say that cut that out then someone has it here okay a dude has it like oh. some dude who's not doing anything with it he has it yeah how did he buy it I think it fell in it probably was part of the bankruptcy and really? fell into someone else's hands and I think that he probably the smart person probably went to him right away and was like I'll give you 10 grand for that logo and they were like take it wow it's the most one of the most tainted logos ever yeah but which is Rand. why I want it and it's Paul Rand it's like arguably his last logo which his first pass was unusable because it had you couldn't fax it like part of it disappeared. Yeah, because it was like like it was red. green. It <laughs> with was like purple. There was yeah, it was like there was like a light green and a yellow that literally when you faxed oh. it, it went away. Weird. That's very Enron. That but it, it turns out it's the per, it's even better. He knew what he saw <laughs> coming. He it's like when you fax it, there's actually nothing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm curious to know. We talked about this once at uh, our Starbucks. Is that you get interviewed a lot. Or more than, I mean, you get filmed. There's like a lot of videos of you <laughs> in your studio, like filming your process. Yes. And like you were like, yeah, there was this one we were two people were filming me at the same time. <laughs> and like, you know, that's really How does rad. that even, like one film crew was filming the other film crew film you? Like, like did they argue? Uh, like, no, they, they, there was no, they didn't know. I think it was like still photos being photographed for something else and there happened to be a film crew there. Got it, okay. But so like, it's like, he can get the shot. It's yeah, the same shot of those me can at exist. the same desk. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll look like that tomorrow anyway. I mean, so why you, not yeah. do it? Yeah. In the time I've been aware of you, you've dressed relatively the same the entire time yes so at this point it's hard to differentiate between when these things are being made or when these i can only tell because of the work being made i'm like oh yeah, the, the cut funny. paper thing was like late 90s early yeah, 2000s yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's yeah. True. but is it because i feel like there's there is like um five minute uh website video about jeff's process jeff 
Yes. And then there's like you who I talk to at Starbucks who's like a little you're not the same person like as the yeah yeah yeah. Like you're you're I like it cuz you're a little saltier about stuff but like in yeah, your Yeah, that's true. When you get interviewed and stuff is it weird that people just want to they want to <laughs> like they're people are real desperate to watch you slowly draw a line. They're into it, dude. <laughs> well, that is um that's a reflection of the, um, like the uh, whatever that is, like the maker of those little documentary culture, right? Because what happens is they show up at the studio, uh-huh. and I'm like, "Hi, welcome to my studio." Like, oh, this is cool. It's a cool space. It's like you could record, you could overlap. Your studio is nice. Yeah, my studio. Everyone cool. I know who's seen, like, they're like, "That studio is nice." Like, it's really nice because I it's totally like lived in, but and so it's big, like, clean. Big. See, you could you could do it. Because you'd go in, you'd be like, oh, it's big. Is it just you here? Yeah. So this is all the same, the same conversation every time. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and then the, the DP comes in and he's like, okay, cool. Where should we set up? And then the director's like, okay, well, let's look around. And I, and I stay quiet. I'm like, yeah, just check it out. You can shoot anywhere. And I take them a little tour. And then I take them upstairs to my table where everyone shoots me. And the DP invariably goes, oh, you know what? I think it'd be good. <laughs> let's just hold, but bear with me. <laughs> Bear with me. I'm gonna just set up here, and you're gonna draw. And you're like, yeah. uh huh. And I'm like, if we weren't that here, good. if we weren't here, would you be drawing right now? Yeah. Well, just do what you'd be doing. The light is really good. In here. <laughs> yeah. You're the light, light is really good. <laughs> but yeah, the light's good. <laughs> yeah, the light's so I'm probably, good. and I just basically then I like do it, and yeah. I sit in the same spot. The light is great. They suit the same. Everything's the same. It's always the same. <laughs> so you've just gotten this to where it's the most comfortable for you anyway. You're like, I already know what you're going to no, say and do. No, I'll do anything else, but I just know it's going to go. It's, it's the, like you're the marble in, that, in the funnel thing. It's going like to the same. You know, yeah. bus in the parking lot that no one knows. No one knows. I know. I'm always like, what about the, my defender in the camp? Like, what about but like... You, you're like... In a hedge. weird way... I have a beautiful hedge. It's true. I mean, it's you got a cool old tile thing on the front that's like oh, obviously there forever. There's yeah. obviously a weird history to the building. No one knows about it. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, peep. Uh-huh. As far as we talked about maker culture, which is a thing now. Yes, that's what that's what the word I was looking for. Yeah, ma- there's a it's you know maker culture is basically the fact that now you can make anything you want. Yeah, it's very easy and very inexpensive. So there's a lot of people now making very small products that are hopefully very sincere and heartfelt and it's about you don't have to go work for this big company and you can just do it if you're yeah. good you can do it by yourself and you know make all these things but we were talking about and I think this is 100% true that it has made creativity a little cheap uh, and like the stakes are low <laughs> <laughs> is that if it, I notice it with it drives me insane I follow lots of people on Instagram is I'll see people that I think are very talented and they'll be like, for the next hour, 30 minute drawing, you know, these drawings are 50 bucks. And I'm like, stop it, stop it, stop it, it, dude. Like those drawings are rad. They're worth way more than that. And also you can't ask me to buy a hundred dollar print a month from now (laughs) when I could have got a $50 drawing. And when you know that'll probably be on sale anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, And, and I noticed it a lot with the pin thing, which I, by the way, love enamel pins a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of them. Yeah. I've made one. They're yeah. very fun. Yeah. But now it, you can make them so quick. Yeah. That when there's no maybe client or no show or whatever, you're just you're just churning things out. Now you've kind of become yes. the own you've become the weird ad guy who's like, We need more. Yes. Because if you're only making a small amount of money and you just need to make products and people buy them, it's made the stakes a little low that 
every every illustrator can slap an illustration on the front of a journal and and sell that journal. No, it's true. Well, and that and I, you know, I was I was like guilty of like on that type of thing. Like but I your was stuff was stuff. Le- you made less stuff. Yes, and the stuff felt like the champion graphic stuff. Like I bought that sticker packet. Yeah, I bought the skateboard. Yeah, and it felt like. It felt like a real product. You well, know yeah, because I, mean? I was really printing them, and I was re- yeah. yeah. But I think like I see it as, I mean, it's like a little bit like Munchauser now. That I'm thinking of it. Or? Did you start? I mean, you kind of started cruisers. You're one of the first. Yeah, it was very early. That was real early. I could have. No one else was making. I could have had that. a cruiser empire. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> that was I. There was no other cruiser available. No, man, way to go. I know it's true. No, but I I, th- I see that a little bit as like people. Like I view like when like I work and I do projects for companies, they come to me because it's like we need like a you. We need a like I think of it as like a head. Like we're like a body and we can get a lot done, but we don't have a head to like put out in the world and like talk to people. Right. Okay? Like we need like a like we need that like a, a personality and something that's like this intangible like a life force right? a sense of authenticity maybe yeah because like you're a company you're like there's too many people it's hard to run this thing we've been we've been in business a long time we've lost our voice we need to speak to people so and then what's interesting is like and then you have like the individual who like makes pins and t-shirts and posters and, and they're making bags and they're they're actually like an individual acting like a corporation yeah and I think that is like there to me I see that as well I don't want to do that no and that's like I feel like we've been oppressed by consumer culture so what do you do you act like the thing that's oppressing you you like spit it back out yeah and I think that's like for me and my generation like we all well not we all but I gravitated to like making things like I grab I would like I want to make skateboards yeah I want to print I want a silk screen I want 30 of those I want it like bright and I want it new and I want it like make t-shirts. I wanted to make all this stuff because that's the stuff I loved. Yeah. And I grew up with, but then you have to question that. Like, so like now I don't make that stuff because I'm like, no, what do I want to put out into the world? What's like special? Like, what do I want from, you know, Chris Johansson? I want like a piece of paper that's like dirty that he painted. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want a Chris Johansson plate. No, like, and that I used to be like definitely bought that plate. Yeah, I got that plate too. (laughs) Plate's cool. Uh, cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But but like, let's like to if you think about like what you're putting in the world is what will be put. What like so, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like like let's value like that drawing story you tell the fifty dollar drawings. Like that's the problem. Like, why does a drawing cost the same as a pin? Yeah. And that is because of our upside. Like, it's just our. It's reflecting our values. And I think that, you know, I'm guilty of that as well. But I, so for me, and that's another reason back to the original discussion of like why, like I do interviews, like I talk, like I want to talk and like, because I think it's like, if you're projecting in the world and making stuff, it's important to talk about it because like if it, you know, that the stuff it's being consumed. So there's some responsibility of like, oh, by the way, like I really made this stuff. It, like, yeah, I'm really thinking about stuff. The, it's dangerous to make it more faceless it because more, then yes. it's like, well, who did this? Yes. I don't have to care about it because I don't yes. know who did it. Yes. And a lot of pin culture is like actually preys on the idea of like, we're like a collective and we're just like, it's, it's yeah. faceless. Yeah. And there's something a little bit. Like, that's why there's, about it. that's why there's so much 
most of the popular ones I notice are just co- they're they're combining they're, it's basically copyright yeah. infringement yeah, exactly yeah. you know the most popular one is the Seinfeld it's a Seinfeld and the Supreme logo type yeah 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 which is hilarious and I don't hilarious. give a shit about either both those companies are doing fine <laughs> but it's that thing where you're like yeah. I don't care and they made a hundred yes like the one of our, me and Nick both like this guy who does he puts the Misfits head inside of Mickey Mouse's head yeah. the Misfits skull inside of That's Mickey awesome. Mouse's head and it looks awesome yes and he I'm surprised he hasn't been super sued, but he only makes like a hundred at a time. And you're like, the second, that- the second those are being sold to Urban Outfitters, though, he'll get sued. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, you're about to sell 500,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. but like, you're like, is he made a thousand dollars total? If that. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah, who cares, man? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but it is that, there is that problem with making, I think you and I talked about this where you realize it's, you can make, a lot of things for very little money or a few things for a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, that the new paintings you make look like a pain in the ass to make to me. Mm-hmm. When I look at them, I'm like, part of me is like, fuck that. Because <laughs> the one, exactly. last time I saw you, I was like, where, do you, where are you getting tape, dude? What kind of tape are you buying? And you were like, oh, I get, I get it here. I was like, because I know you're not using the tape I've used because I can't do that shit with that tape. Yeah. They look, you're like, man, I don't want to. <laughs> like, this is the part you're like, that's rad. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're yeah. kind of being like, you're in a weird way, you are daring. Like, go ahead. I dare you. I dare you. Because <laughs> I there's know. There's stuff when I'm doing it, I'm like, no one would do this. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool, though. It's like, it's like the, this, what's happening Well, because right I look at him and I'm like, canvas is bumpy. That line's not bumpy. Yeah. Fuck that. Or if I sneeze on it, it's wrecked. Yeah. Like, there's a tons of times where I'm like, well, like, you know, I'm opening a can of paint. I'm like, I, if I open this can of paint wrong right now, I could ruin my whole show. Because <laughs> it'll, like, explode. Yeah. On, like, a few things. Or oh, my it's God. It's, like, all. No, it's, like, all. But that's, but that's, like, my belief. Like, the paintings come out of, like, well, what's the best? Like, instead of doing more, what, like, the paintings came of, like, what can I do the best yeah so it's like i like creativity is like divergent and convergent thinking so you go like i can do all these things right i'm gonna do one of them right i have what's the um what of okay here's the project it could be 10 things but it's gonna be one of those things so you go back and forth so the paintings were like a divergent moment in a very critical time so it was like well what is the culmination of all this work and it happened and there was like a drawing I had done of a cowboy from behind. Yeah. And it was like, he, you look over his shoulders and there's, he's wearing a hat. And I drew him and I drew him again and again and again. And, and then I had a canvas. I'm like, I'm going to do a painting on canvas. And I go, what kind of paint? So I had to figure out what kind of paint. I was like, I'll do it in gouache and acrylic. And I was like, it didn't work. And then I was like, oh, I'll use this like liquid animation acrylic that I was using because I was doing all this animation. Cell vinyl? Cell vinyl. Okay. Because I was doing animation. And then I, as I started drawing this cowboy, like repetitively, I realized that, oh, his head from behind becomes a perfect circle. And then I was like, it's on. Because <laughs> it was just accidental. Because the way his head got cut by the hat, yeah. when you draw it, his hair from behind became a dot. Yeah. So it looked like he had a hole in his head. And that painting took like I don't know three months four months to do I'd have to scrape the whole thing start again like I was just like I'm doing something that like I that there's no reason to do <laughs> you know but it was like it was a reaction to like I was doing these installations and doing all this work where I was like 
what do I have to get this done? I have to drive to Torrance <laughs> to buy a tool. Yeah. You know, and I have to, you know, I was like, well, if I take all that drive time, if I take the time that I'm not, so like, what if it was just all in the image? Like, so those paintings, like what if every moment I spent ma- art, art making was visible, right? So it was like in the development of the image, like redrawing, scanning it, yeah. tracing it. Take all that out. Printing, all that. No, that's kind of in there. So the images are developed in like kind of like a design process. Right. Which is in ways visible because they're not like there's no work done on the canvases are very untouched and like very clean. And like to fix mistakes, it means like repainting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Dude. But that has some, that's, that's like so some out of a reaction to. But that to me is this, pins. In, that's the same way in, <laughs> in getting back to what we were talking about our crumb, all the work, you see it. Yes. It's all there. Yeah. And that, and I, I, I was talking to our friend Ed Templeton about this too, that there is, especially what is uh, popular in fine art right now. So I find there's a bit of a lack of sincerity. Yes. And when you see there, no matter if you like R. Crumb or not, it's you, you, he meant that shit. Totally. And I, the same thing when I look at those new paintings, I'm like, there's no passive way to do this. <laughs> those aren't done casually. I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> you can't, I don't care. Like if you decide to make anything a circle, you're fucked. You're there all day. It's like, <laughs> it, I remember being in letter form class and you had to pick a letter and you were going to do it in five fonts and the teacher was like, do not pick an O <laughs> or an S. Do not, she literally goes, don't try to impress me by picking yeah, an exactly. S. You will ruin your whole life. You'll get a D. She's like, yeah. She's like, there's too many curves. You're going to, don't pick an O, trust me. Yeah. But yeah, like when you decide like, all right, I'm going to make this in your head because all of us, and I, I think that when I look at the work of cause too. Yeah, totally. At some point he was like, I want to make this look perfect. Yeah. Like literally, and it is possible. You're like, I'm gonna make this look perfect, and it's like, well, shit, now I gotta do it. <laughs> I went to his show, and I was like, what kind of paint do you use? Like acrylic, and I was like, and like he kind of didn't want to let it out. I was like, you use tape, and he was like, yeah, no, I just do it by hand. And I was like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> don't. Like he, I was like, come on, bro. We're both. I, I, we're both standing here. It's just I don't know you, but I know this isn't. I know you're not just like sitting there by hand doing this. Like, there's a lot more involved. I also know you have a lot of assistance. Like, what the hell? But he, he's interesting because like, he was very helpful for me. Like, when I was like developing the technique, I would call him, and he was like so much farther on to painting. He got into the making things look perfect thing before yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was like he was like a total asset to me because I could be like if I would get in a bind, I could be like, what? How did you prime? How do you prime your canvases? Or how do you? Like do and because we were using the same paint, like coincidentally, we ended up using the same paint, the same cell vinyl. And he wasn't actually using the same paint, but he was using a different kind of paint that was chroma color, which is no longer made. Hey. But yeah, and he, but he he does really do it all by hand. That's Crazy. part of his process is that is, and that's a little bit of like I'm not doing this is like steady handedness. Yeah, is, he's like a pinstriper. Yeah, he's like a pinstriper. It's crazy. It's like he's and it's like that that is. Like, that's kind of one of those things. It's like he's working to his skills. Yeah. You know, it's like that came, like the work actually comes out of like, no one can do this. Which in the world where he comes from, like graffiti is like, well, not all those guys can do that. They're no. Like, you know, like they work really big and they work really whatever. But that, it's like his secret to his thing was that he actually has this insane hand. There, yeah, there's no, he's like that. And also Coop with ink. Yeah. When he when Coop does hand done type, you're like, oh yeah. oh, 
Yeah. There's no, I, there's no short, I've seen him up close. There's no shortcut. No. He just has a steadier hand. Yes. And you're, oh, that's, you're, you're just better at that. Like, yeah. cause those, li- some of those lines are so pointy. Yeah. And have such an even curve. You're like, there's no, I can't see the, t- there's no tape line. I would be well, able to see Well, he doesn't need to, also because he outlines everything. Fuck. So, like, it's, it's like paint by, you know, it's like pieces of color that's very planned out. And then he, and then because it's all outlined, there's no point in taping. You don't need yeah. tape. Oh. Because he outlines everything and that's the steady hand. So he basically creates, you know, using a, like a, like a sable brush, he like does a perfect, you know, whatever line, thickness line that is. He never lets in, there's no videos of him painting. <laughs> oh, it's interesting, right? I wonder why. I mean, they'd be pretty great. He shares his process though in a way that is very generous and cool. That's like cool. on Instagram, he'll, fo- he'll be like, look it. It'll be like the canvas projected, drawn, and then a key oh, guide cool. for each color. Yeah, like he is a very like for the the position he's in. He, yeah, he does share quite a bit. But that is interesting. There's no, yeah, because I've never seen him. I mean, you. That was in my letter form class. She would like paint the letters, like she would help us. And watching her, I remember watching her paint a letter was really something. Yeah, she was inc- She was just super good at hand painting a letter yeah and i remember like watching her do it you're like i'm not learning anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're just like wait you're just actually way too good at this i'm, I'm yeah. not I, i'm not learning anything what it's like watching a professional tennis player like i don't know i'm not yeah yeah what's the point yeah 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 that's yeah, it's interesting do you feel kind of under like this weird microscope where people are watching like do you do you like that you've shown that much of yourself in your work that, that i just made a decision a long time ago just to like share everything like talk about it like be like super open because if you like being open i feel like it helps me like progress like it helps me like oh if i'm like open about this like i'm talking about it it's re it's You're held it's accountable a little bit yeah i'm held accountable so if like like there's definitely things i've said which i'm like oh i actually changed my mind <laughs> you know but that's okay like, yeah there's no it yeah, you're allowed to do that yeah i'm allowed yeah. i'm not running for public office i'm just like right. so like but i think like sharing like like getting like getting to a point where like oh I can share this thought like that helps me create that helps you create the thought like yeah. you know just putting it out there in the world that's always been for me a way of um like like reaching a place a point in space is like oh well you have to you have to talk about it you have to like commit to going there you know so part of committing to like a a way of making work or being a who you want to be is like hmm. you know talking about it helps. yeah it's like genuine publicity too yeah like because i all i have to do yeah. is like it's like i have to be like it's like i've created a game where it's like all i have to do is actually be more honest yeah you know and so the the things i've said in the past i feel like oh that's not really true it's not it's because at the time i thought they were true you know and that's like kind of a revelation like oh i really thought that was true <laughs> right. at that time yeah like i wasn't lying i was, yeah. I was it was a mistake Right. I mistook yeah. a thought for the truth. I, I always think about, I was like 14 and I took an art class, like a private art class in Pasadena. And I remember saying to the teacher, the only art, the best art in the world is comic books. <laughs> and At I don't time, care. You meant that and shit. I, and I literally yeah. was like, this shit is lame. All this shit in this room is super lame. Yeah. Super bad. And, and one day, teacher, you'll know that yeah, I'm right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm right. And literally the best art in the world is comedy. Oh, that's so good. Yes. And like, I stood there meaning the balls off that shit. Yeah. 
and you would have got this like, tattooed on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, "Aw, <laughs> okay." That's like, because I think they wanted me to like do a still life, and I was like, "Fuck you, nerds." <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> like, how I'm about not a guy <laughs> running through a wall? Yeah. How about Wolverine and then Wolverine again? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, that's all I could think. <laughs> and I was not. I was not lying. Yeah, how did no, the, totally. How did the her project come about? Because that uh, is fascinating to me. Yeah. That was. I mean, that's like what's cool about. You know, I don't just like do paintings all the time. Yeah. Because the time I was doing paintings. Um, but like, you know, like it, like a project like that is the other thing that's yeah. like, it's like an alien challenge, um, that, um, proposed by Spike Jones is like, you say yes. So like I worked <laughs> with Spike for, I don't yeah. Know, and to people listening, you have done several motion graphics projects for movies, Virgin Suicides. Yep. Uh, where the wild things are is probably one people know. So you, this is a thing you've done before. Yes. Yeah. Like I've done a lot of like, and for a while I really thought it was what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be a title designer for Hollywood okay. films. And I did the freaks and geeks intro. I did like, oh, wow. I would do like logos and I would be like, Oh, I'm gonna, movie posters. And, um, and then what I came away from that was like, Oh no, actually I just, the best part of the process is like working for directors so the process that I, that it didn't work well is like, oh, I can't be hired by like a production company or a studio because it's ridiculous. At the yeah. time when I wanted to do it, it was really ridiculous. So like from that, like I continuously work with Spike, and uh, so I've worked on all his films in some capacity. Yeah. And then her was the first, and it kind of like grows. Like it'll be like, oh, do this, and then do something that's like in the film, and then like a title and a logo. Like it's like over the the few films it's like so then her was like okay well what do you do you want to do like all this stuff yeah there was so much going on yeah I found so, it so cool yeah so it was all the interface design and like title like it was titles and sets and you know like i meet with him before the film's in production mm-hmm. and um with the production designer and the costume designers and uh and then you know as the and then so then through production and then like in post-production it was like okay now we really need this stuff so it was all the screens and so it was like making interface it was real like interface design like okay, yeah. well, this has to really work <laughs> it has to be really good and so the first step so i would like create like okay here's like a painting that i've done and then here's like a, just a bunch of like design like i would kind of use like it maximum like it was really really hard and the idea of with all these projects is like, well, how, okay, I can do, like, I can approach this as a designer, right? Like, so approach this as like, okay, well, what, like, how does this have to function? Like, so, and how, what is a, um, like, a super kind of, like, dimensional, like, view of what future interface design is yeah without doing any research or any knowing any interface design, <laughs> right. right so it's like so at the same time it's like oh but this is just like actually it should just be visually it should like convey something as if it was a like a painting that like oh did you know that's about that painting's about interface design and you'd be like oh no i just thought it was a cool painting like and so like there were like two things going on and definitely spike was like it has to work it has to work but then it had to be visually compelling. So it was like yeah. an interesting, for me it was like, like I take on these projects, it's like, well, I want to come away with something from this. I don't want to just like do something, yeah. you know, for the sake of doing it. Um, but, you know, in the end, um, 
And then also what's really interesting, it was like kind of cool to do, you know, what everyone, if you look at interface design in movies, it's like, it's that movie. It's always green. It's always green and there's like tons of numbers. Like, yeah, like, like, there's like numbers, like a, they go and, then a, and then a box opens up and then it gets small again. It's so like what, the, uh, what the Terminator is seeing. Yeah. It yeah, hasn't changed refers, since then. Like, what's that movie with... Uh, with uh, Minority Report. Yes. With all the screens and, and it's the all, And so everyone refers to Minority Report. It's yeah. Like, nothing looks like that and nothing ever will. <laughs> That's what I love. It lo- actually looks like a, an x-ray of like a bunch of like encyclopedias. Right. Yeah. That's what I loved about the, I mean, the entire world that was envisioned in yeah, that future was exactly, like yeah. way more realistic yeah, and yeah. the simplicity almost yeah. made the future seem so like peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, it can be like this. Everyone's even dressed yeah. very like basic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, and then the, the, the subway thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the trains that went everywhere. I yeah. was like, I really want this future to be the real future. Yeah. And that's what in like so many I ways, the subway map, it was, the idea was like, the future is great. Like, yeah. so I just listed all the places I wanted to go. Like I want to go to the Andrews forest <laughs> right. and I want to go to first point Malibu yeah. by the train. And I want to go to Chinatown and I want to connect, you know, Hemet yeah. with, you know, with Torrance. Like I, like I was like, this is gonna be great. Like yeah. you go like one of the stops just says dirt biking. <laughs> and I was like, there's gonna be a train car and did you load your dirt bikes and you go out to the dirt bike spot yeah. Yeah, on, the, on the crest. And it's like, so it was like, so none of it like, and because spikes mandate was like the future, it's like the new future and the future is good. Yeah. It's like a good place. So like automatically you're not going to make something minority report. Right. right. That looks like a like a digital killing machine. Everything's a graph. <laughs> Everything's graph. Everything's yeah. a graph, and 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 someone th- they always have someone throw the screen. Yes, like a person touches it and then shoots it to the corner. I know it's so funny. Right. It's so corny. I've it's, had to do it for sure, but it's you've so, had to do that in movies. Oh, da- yeah, oh, I've I had to, to see that. Not in movies, but in TV, I've had to. You just move. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, and move your hand, and then we'll put it in later. Like you never know where it's gonna go. <laughs> right. And it's always like box, and then the box goes up and it pushes another box to the side because there's a box there now. Like. It's the dumb and I love that there's always like a bunch of numbers that are just like tons of numbers. They're just like scrolling. Oh, like, they yeah. love to have Data. someone who looks like me staring at several columns <laughs> of numbers that are going fast. And totally understanding it too. We're like, getting yeah, a little reflection is... in the glasses. That's great. That's great. Actually, <laughs> move a little closer. Head down. Can you put your chin down? Head the down. glare's okay. too much. Yeah. And Let's... you're seeing lots of numbers. Like scan back and forth, scan back and forth. I think we got it. But you well, understand it. Yeah, but you definitely understand <laughs> it. And then just say you're tracking them. <laughs> yeah exactly right. yeah um, yeah so yeah it, which is and so like you know you watch TV and every interface looks like that yeah <laughs> every movie like super high budget movie with like the worst interface but I know why because it was really hard to do so I worked with this animator who like was awesome like who was like total like his name's Christopher I don't know his last name but don't remember but he, he so he was like working on the movie and he's like animating the work I was giving him and but he was an art guy so he's right. like I just got off tour we just like the tour we like project I don't remember but it was like he was creating art like so yeah. he like so that's also a huge thing like it wasn't like I like then got had placed with like some like animation finishing house who were just like I don't know dude this is crazy <laughs> this doesn't work you know? yeah. so he like brought it the stuff to life in a way that really was like beautiful do you think you'll be allowed this sort of freedom the rest of your life i mean where do you kind of want to go now i mean we talked about ed fellow and like exit work and yeah that kind of thing and like 
do you want to like be a professor? Do you want to like, where do you kind of, I mean, you just kind of think you get, you'll just do the same thing forever. And then one day you'll be like, Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I made enough stuff. Yeah. I think, I mean, I did, it, everything changes really. Every year is really different. Really? As much as it's like, it's, it's the same. Like I'm doing, like when you decide to do the same thing, what that does is it creates a, like the, in glaring relief, it was the cliche, but in glaring relief is everything that's different. Because if you create, like, the work is all kind of the same. But it's like who I do it for in what way. And that you see there's a kind of, like, momentum. Like, so I'm doing, like, I'm doing two train stations right now. I'm doing one for the LA Metro, and it's an entire train station. And then I'm doing one in Ottawa that's an entire train station. Right. Why am I doing two public art pieces in train stations at the same time? And, at, and I'm doing mural projects. And so it's like, oh, suddenly it's like I'm doing mural projects and... Like, so that is really different, but you, like, the ability, because basically my studio is just me, like, I, like, just adapt, and, and things change, and the the work is kind of the same work, but it, so I think, I don't really know, like, so it'll go someplace, but it's not, like, goal-oriented. Right. You know, I think that's, like, a common question, like, well, what, what would you really want to make? And you realize, like, the answer to the question of, like, what you really want to make is, like, well, it's like the thing that just happens is like the best thing you could possibly make. Like, the, like you don't like, oh, it's not like within like the type of work I do that you go like, well, it would be really great. I'd be really done if I did this. Like if I did, like if I had a whole Ikea, and yeah. the Ikea with all my stuff, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, like it wouldn't matter. Like it's the same, like that, like is it quantity? Is it like, uh, like broad appeal like so everybody knows this thing like none of it really yeah it's like the i think it's like the nature of my work is like it's it's so like like the value of it like the drawing like i could do a drawing that's like literally the size of a postage stamp and it could be as important as some like really like something that like took a lot of work right well like that thing you did for oreo cookies (laughs) yeah that's i mean like you can see the like i'm like that drawing was on an eight by a 10 piece paper probably yeah and then that's on a building yeah you're like that's a big ass version of that tiny ass drawing yeah but exactly. like all of a sudden like like I noticed that a lot of people are like why don't you make big paintings I'm like because it's the exact same thing yeah. it doesn't feel I mean it feels different like maybe physically kind of yeah you're like my arm's tired over here yeah, in a yeah. different way yeah but it doesn't make the, the the idea is the same yeah it's all no, yeah it's all the same impetus yeah and it does does it matter that if you made like like yeah you could do a drawing it's like well I could like make a print and there'd be 10 of them truly does not matter no it's like so the only thing is like well you did it will like the best of is like well then now I'm gonna do more like yeah. to me that's the thing is like when you do something you go like oh like when the guy's head was a circle and it became like a hole in his head but it was still his head at the same time I was like oh that's what this was all about yeah like it took a long time it took like 15 years to get to that point that's totally it doesn't matter like that does not matter that his hole is a head is a head is a hole is a hole is a head but I was like this matters to me now so I know this is gonna go this is gonna go for a long time yeah because of like it's like that thing like when you draw something you're like I just drew something I don't understand yeah you you get you're like everyone likes this is rad why you're like I I yeah. wait a minute why is this one better than the other ones yeah what did i do here you kind and you don't really get it necessarily yeah but that's also why it shouldn't cost fifty dollars <laughs> because it took you 15 years 
Right. Yeah. Like, granted, once you figure it out, yeah, you're. It doesn't take that long, but to figure it out, and that's why I hate ripoffs because they're like. Oh, Jeff's finished his 15-year process. Yeah. <laughs> <And he> just, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. That's what, that to me is the nature of what stealing is, makes it so wrong. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it uh, but at the same time, it's like, but they didn't, that's the thing is though, like, it's like, then they're going to move on to something else. Like, yeah. they didn't take anything. Like, that's the weird thing is like, you're like, that's so empty. Like, if you like base your, like, I'll look at people who are like doing work, maybe like somebody like this guy's copying you and uh, like you'll look at their work and they'll be like well that looks like someone else yeah like, you know like and that's the like oh my god to be that person like you're not even gonna be that person's not gonna be making anything in five years no they're definitely not and you look you always go back a year and there's like it's completely changed or whatever oh and it's all over the place you're like oh you just don't know what you just don't know what you want to make at no. all you're and you're you know like you do an illustration for like the like the the fees for doing like a certain type of work, which is the 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 stuff that is like most often like people copying, it's like illustration work. Yeah, which I don't consider myself like someone who does that work, but I do. It's like if you do like the cover of a magazine, it's like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, right. If you do a small illustration in your times, it's like four hundred dollars. Yeah, like it was four hundred dollars like ten years ago. Like skateboarding, if you do a graphic for skateboarding, it's eight hundred dollars for a series. Yeah. Like oh. it used to be eight hundred dollars per board. You, yeah, like, like to be like a maker of visual things is like, it's like, like it's like, I, I mean, I just like sent out an invoice like for two hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like and I'm not gonna not send it out. Well, I'm like, yeah, rad bus fare. Yeah, you know, it's like that's like it's like I was getting paid two hundred dollars to do stuff when I was in high school. No, it's the same. Wow. It's it's, uh, people ask me why I maybe don't do it like what like oh you work for magazines I'm like no because like I'd literally rather just maybe draw something for myself for $200 <laughs> like you know like and I think that's what has driven maker culture like well if I'm gonna get $200 for a drawing why don't I just make a t-shirt yes and I'll make $200 from the t-shirt yes which makes the stakes kind of low but you understand why people did it like well at least I get yeah. to pick like when you get notes on a two hundred dollar illustration, you're like, no, I can't. T- I can't. I actually can't draw this sketch again. I can't. I just kind of can't. Like you're, this is what you're getting. Like you don't have enough money for for a, a re a, a notes process. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a it's like a like, and I mean I think it's like that's why it's like I mean I do do that stuff and I yeah me too you know, because you I think it's like participating. You also like, I think like, it's I'm just, telling you, you should do because you you know like maker culture aside the the anti-maker culture is actually like a sort of and I, I don't it's not you don't need to be anti-maker culture is great but like like I think it's like a, like a diversity of creativity is like really important like it's important to like not just I think the people just doing work for magazines is so grim yeah I think it's like you're doing work it's in magazines it's like I think that's really because it's, you need well, to like 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 have like momentum and like for me like it's like you wanna Surprise! You do have for, to be a part of it in some way. So, but, and it's also like fun. You're like, oh yeah, yeah I did this, and then I oh I did this little thing for a magazine. Yeah, it's just like it does. Ha- but you can't. I just think you can't let it. You have to just be careful about how you're doing it. Yes, you can't let them because it's not their fault. They have a boss. <laughs> yeah, but the machine will kind of decide like, hey, it'd be great if it was like this. You're like, well, then you know that's cool that you want that. I'm just not really the person yes. to do that thing for you. Yes. For and that when you're doing, money. yeah, and yeah. when you're doing things that you're not going to get 
paid a ton of money for. Like, I'm not going to get a ton of money for the next Toy Machine series, right. but I'm fired up to do it yes. just because it's cool. I'll get yeah, to, like, yeah. go to a skate shop and see him. Yeah, yeah. That, to me, is worth as much as... And I will definitely get paid in boards anyways because <laughs> I'm not bright <laughs> but like because that to me is like worth way more like yes. no but then like kids are going to see them and a kid's going to be like that's a rad drawing I'm going to go home and do like it feeds a whole thing yeah I mean I love anything I liked as a kid I want to do a version of that as an adult yes I think that's very yeah yeah, like to, that's natural. Putting a drawing on the fact that you had drawings put on skateboarding that young is weird like crazy to me you got to experience it like, oh, I used to look at graphics. I just made one. That's pretty fun. And it never, there's, it never mattered to me. It's so crazy. Like, I feel like it's like part of me is like an autistic person. It's like, I don't have an emotion for right. seeing that thing. Like, it's, it's really, and I don't know what that is. Like, so you keep making it like, oh, what matters? You, know, you mean like, in relation to how cool that culture is or like you, you were proud of the work but you weren't like fuck yeah, yeah but skate I like, culture yeah I was just like I don't know wow. like you don't get like there's not a Jazz. there was like a <laughs> I don't know a part in a video where one of the toy machine guys was riding one of my decks so like and you can see is, it yes, you can see different. it like you know he, he yeah. grinds around I was like no I'm definitely that I definitely yes. drew that <laughs> and he just did that and you're like yes. I'm part I actually I get kind of geek like I'm part yeah, of this yeah. weird whole yeah. I just think about what like pal graphics made me want to draw like yeah yeah no i can get that that i mean that is that is exactly the experience where like like i like very recently i saw like like a some snowboard i did and i was like oh, I snowboard. and the but then it's like the, the um the owner of the company sent me a photo and it's like a guy in the forest like flying over trees like he's like like probably 30 feet in the air like, yeah in the back country and it's like oh that's right and he picked like yours. He's got my board. He went to the shop. There was a yeah. bunch. He was like, I want that size. That's the one I want. That's the what's exciting to me is the picking. You know, the pros, they don't they don't pay for their boards. No, they don't no. go to shops. And, no, no. You know, I, just, <laughs> I just, I don't know if you know that. I, that's what I actually, when I, the fact that the pros don't skate their own graphic, I'm like, what? I don't, which is such like an 80s. I remember. Did you tell me about, you told me about that. Well, yeah, they just skate their width. That, you, that's They just get sent thing. boards. Like if you escape for coming, you're like they send you like I need eight and a half. Well, it's like well the eight and a half yeah. isn't your deck. Yeah. So they usually send you what's called the price point board, which yeah. is just like let's say just the toy machine devil head. Yeah. At that width, and you skate that. Yeah. Because that for that series, maybe the eight and a half is Colin Provost, and you're someone else. Yeah. It's weird. No, that's really. I thought that was really interesting. I that remember, keeps that thing you told me keeps ringing in my head. I remember arguing <laughs> with my friend in elementary school that like it was a picture of Lance Mountain, and they were like, "That can't be Lance. He's wearing a Tony Hawk shirt. And he would never <laughs> wear." It. And I was like, "I think it's possible." Yeah. <laughs> it obviously looked. He has a unibrow. That's it. definitely yes. Lance Mountain. Yes. And they were like, "No, okay, he's wearing a Tony Hawk shirt. It doesn't make sense." Like, there's a great picture of Tony Hawk skating a Lester Kasai board because he broke his board. Oh, And he's like doing cool. a trick and you look at it and still part of me is like, well, that can't be Tony Hawk. Yeah. There's no way like Grant Bertain or, uh, took a photo of Tony Hawk on a Lester board, but he's like, yeah, Tony told me not to publish it because Powell would be super pissed, but he was at Del Mar and broke his board, which how do you break a, that shaped board back then must have been really hard. Yeah. And then he's, and then he used a Lester board. You're like, wow. In a contest or just skating? I around? think just skating. Because it would be cool also because the Lester, it was so different. Than so different. It was just like a like green splatter. A round bomb shaped kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So nerdy. Yeah, Hosoi definitely <laughs> only wore Hosoi t-shirts. For sure. But Lance Mountain. All over the place. All over the place. Well, he was drawing graphics for other companies, which I always think that's weird that Powell being oh, is his... that right? Yeah, he did. He did like a... I think he did stuff for Sims. He did like a... He did graphics for other people occasionally. I think he did a Dogtown graphic. And it's weird thinking about how maniacal George Powell was back then that he would be okay with that. Right, yeah. But he wouldn't... He wasn't running any of Lance Mountain's yeah. artwork. Yeah. He wasn't using it. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Lance would do a lot of like preliminary sketches that then would be handed over to <laughs> VCJ. Like, all right, yeah. we got it. Okay, we can finish this. I'm gonna do this. Is yeah, gonna look. Yeah, way- yeah. And you would see the version. Like, well, he had a point. Like, yeah, yeah. yours was good, but yes. like his is uh, his is incredible. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad we finally got you here. I know. You have an actual life and actual yeah. things. <laughs> Most of our friends are like, yeah, when? Yeah. <laughs> like, They're like, I'm, I'm heading over nothing. now either way. I'm like, what? I'm tough with scheduling. Yeah. But, oh, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it was a very interesting conversation for sure. You're rad. Keep it up. Thanks. Is All there right. anything you want to promote? Anything, oh, yeah, do you coming, anything up? coming out? Project shows. It'd be cool if you were like some pins. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Seven enamel <laughs> pins, dollar I've a piece. Got this huge <laughs> mound of stuff <laughs> that's going to be sold. The sticker pack, they're $5. <laughs> Original drawings are 10 <laughs> I'm going to have a booth. <laughs> At the craft fair. Yeah. Our craft fair. I, I kind of want to start going to those dopey craft fairs to find the gem. To, to find, find like, the, the woodcarver person. The 80-year-old painter that's like, and you're like, wait, whoa, whoa, buddy. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. These, do you, are you aware that these are red? And he's like, no. <laughs> They're there. Somebody's there. <laughs> yeah, what's coming out next? Um, I have a show. V1 Gallery in Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. In uh, June. Opens June 3rd. How many paintings? We'll see. They're on canvas still? Yeah, they're still on canvas. Wouldn't it be easier on wood? You'd, ironically, they're canvas stretched over wood panels. So they can get... Yeah, because you can't paint that with any give. Yeah, I used to... Just, that's a recent thing. Okay. I used to paint just on the camp and then it was like, oh, that's a bad idea. Well, yeah, you learn. Hard. I learn something every show. Okay. Yeah. V1. So if V1, you're in Copenhagen, go to Copenhagen. Go to Copenhagen anyway. Yeah. It's a great time to go to Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, right. That and... Uh, Yeah, train station. When you see, look up his work, and then you'll find it other places. Yeah, you'll walk yeah, by exactly. and go. Wait a minute, it's a yeah. fun scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah, it'll be. You'll see it. The Warby Parker store. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a new Warby Parker store. Okay. In uh, Seattle. Oh, cool. New mural there. You guys didn't get to talk about bikes. Some other time. Oh, it's all right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I wasn't going to force it in. I really was really fascinated with your views on like creativity. And all that stuff, and how, okay. and how you got to where you were. It was, it was really, really fascinating. I was like, I'm not gonna ruin ruin this with like bike talk. <laughs> What's I like bikes too. Pedal? And I like bikes. Yeah, and I'm like, pause what you're talking about. What are you riding these days? Like that would have been like the b- listeners would have been like, shut up, let the guy finish. Tell talking. Nick what you're riding these days. <laughs> uh, my I have a Moots road bike. Oh, those are cool. And I have a Stinner cyclocross bike, which I did the graphics for. Awesome. And I have a Waterford and. Those are all steel still, right? I have all American-made, not plastic bikes. That's cool. Waterfords are really cool. Yes, I'm a big fan of the Waterford. Awesome. Waterford bikes are made with the original Schwinn tooling by Richard Schwinn, the son of the originator of Schwinn, and it's in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. 
and you can so it's basically like you can buy a Schwinn, even though Schwinn. So when Schwinn was bought and sold, he got took all the tooling that made Schwinns, like they're racing Schwinns, yeah. and he still creates the factory. Who, did, who bought Schwinn? W- Wisconsin. I don't um, remember. Some b- giant Chinese company moved right. to China. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, so they're still around, but they're not Schwinns. It's like yeah. a whole, yeah. But Waterford, they're like the Red Wings of bikes. They oh, are okay. kind of the Red Wings of yeah. bikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel pretty good. That was like a minute. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> that felt like plenty. That yeah. was like real bike talk right yeah. there. Yeah. I had no, I, I tuned out. That's funny. <laughs> you should have stayed tuned in. You would have learned like I two mean, things. I mean, I was like steel. <laughs> like you were like, those are steels. And I was like, heavy? Like that's what literally I was like, steel's heavier? <laughs> heavy is steel. Right. Wait, what? That's so funny. <laughs> America? Heavy. <laughs> I was just trying to make, I look like a bad uh, interface graphic where I was like, steel, I put it in one corner, I was like, metal. And then like, you said molten pouring, I was like, steel goes in those cups and it's orange. I did that when, you were talking about specific instruments or something, when you were talking about in art school, and I was just like, try is pretty <laughs> but I still was like remember those because one day someone's going to say something and you can use one of those words and they'll go what do you know that I don't know Rotring pen will yeah. definitely get you super late and then I'll say That's it true. and then run away before they realize I don't know anything <laughs> beyond that yeah, yeah, yeah. You, could, you could have a rotring in your pocket or something. Yeah, oh, it would it. break. No, that's, that's an even too better sharp. Move. It'd break through your pocket. Yeah, it would just I'm visually leaking. Yeah, right. for sure. That leak. just means I worked hard that day. Again. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank okay, you guys. for listening. Thank you again, dude.